welcome to this Xbox Life episode 161, Warring, Raging, and Crashing. I am Mark, a.k.a. Wingman709, and I've got some two awesome special guests with me this week. And number one with me, I have... Daka Defender! Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, welcome back to the show, man. And uh, with uh, with us as well is, you might know him by the guy that decides to comment in the questions to your host thread. Um, also, you'll know him as Mr. September, Mr. Mudtastic. Uh, thank you very much. This is Mudtastic talking to you. And I realize after that intro, compared to Dark Eye Defender's intro, uh, <laughs> I need something a little bit more energetic, I think, for next time. All right, all right, I'll come up with something, so. <laughs> Good thing this is the last week of the month. <laughs> Ow! So, we'll have someone new on next week. Um, now, thanks, guys, for, for joining me. I appreciate it. I know uh, uh, Dark Eye Defender, he uh, requested last week, hey, can I come on for the for the gears talk after the, sh- the game. Cause he's Mr. Gears. He's our, he's our gears correspondent. And, uh, as it happens, uh, uh, Rob couldn't make it tonight. So he filled in perfectly. Um, Brun couldn't make it. Um, so, uh, Colin, uh, Mr. Mud, uh, helped joined in to, to fill in Brun's shoes. Um, for those of you now, Brun asked me to say this tonight. For those of you who are aware of what's going on, he has said for me to tell everybody thank you for all the well wishes that have come to him through Xbox Live and email and whatnot. Um, I'm not going to say anything. That's for him to say. Um, he's okay, but he's got a family issue going on, and uh, so uh, you know, just keep him in your thoughts and prayers, him and his family, if you would, uh, and thank you for the well wishes. Uh, for all those who have reached out to him. Um, All right, so let's move on. Before we get started, I wanted to let everybody know that I actually have a copy of Halo Reach. I have a code for the digital download of Halo Reach. And I don't know if anybody doesn't have this game, but if for some reason you don't have Halo Reach and you would like this code to download the game free... Send me a voicemail, send us a voicemail, and tell us why we should give it to you. And uh, chances are, if you are out there, you're going to be the only one, so you'll probably get it. So, <laughs> but um, that voicemail number, you can call us at... Ooh, what is our voicemail number? I don't have it on the script. It's on our main page, and that number is 224-698-XBOX. 224 698 9269. Alright, so without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Mr. Mud and ask, what have you been playing this week? Um, Gosh, not a whole lot of anything. Um, it's been kind of a tough week, not been a lot to play. Oh, wait a minute, no, wait, I've been playing a lot of Gears, Gears of War 3. Um especially since I went out on that night on Tuesday night, I went to the midnight uh, release launch and I just had to have it. I, my wife actually even thought I was kind of crazy. She was like, you're going out at midnight and then you're going to play and you got to work the next day. And I was like, I went back and forth. I went back and forth. I thought about it in my head. I was like, really, do I want to do this and stuff? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go do it. And I I went out there at about 10 o'clock and there was actually people People that have been out there since eight o'clock, um, 
before I got in. And uh, they were waiting in line, and I got Gears of War 3. And since then, um, that is all I've been playing. And I've been playing it as much as I possibly can play it. All righty. Uh, you didn't pick up F1 2011? You know, I, I almost didn't pick up Gears just for that game because that looked really cool. But <laughs> in the end, uh, I had a larger box with Gears of War 3, so I wanted to take that home first. <laughs> and and you, you, you were forced for Gears because you knew everybody else was playing, because so, you really wanted the racing game, right? <laughs> Racing's in my blood. I, I don't know what I'd do without it. It's just... <laughs> Oh. No, I don't think so. Actually, uh, <laughs> years I've been. I think a lot of people have been looking forward to this, and I'm, I'm definitely not an exception. Yeah, I, I'm not understanding the thought process on whoever decided let's release uh, F1 2011 uh, the same day that Gears of War 3 comes out. Yeah, that sounds like a great day. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have a feeling someone's going to get fired over that one. But well, there's also did, did X Men Destiny come out too on the 27th? Or that's Not coming out the 27th. Yeah, the next yeah. week. Well, there was, uh, there was a couple games I thought that came out the same night. Um, let me pull it up. Because we were talking about it like last week, about there was a couple of different games. Oops, that's the wrong site. Um, it's the one below it or above it. Yeah, what, what was it? Because there was definitely like two or three oh, games. It's and, uh, the Elder Scrolls Four Oblivion Game of the Year Edition Fifth Anniversary F1 2011 Gears of War Three and Supremacy MMA. There you go. Oh, that was I missed MMA again. Darn it! I can't believe that. <laughs> well, I, no, Supremacy uh, MMA comes out uh, this next week on the 27th oh, no. of September. So, uh, Tropico Four was scheduled, but it was delayed. Um. Fallout New Vegas, I guess that's a, a DLC. Resident Evil 4 was on the uh, marketplace. That came out the same day. But Gears War 3 and F1 2011 shipped on the same day retail. And I, I really got to think that F1, because uh, I know that'll be a probably a huge game, especially in Europe. Um, and I think that's by Codemasters, who does good racing games. But I just, I don't know why anybody would put anything out on this on the same day. Uh, they got to be thinking that they're hitting a niche audience and that they're not going to be as um uh, you know hurt because they're the racing game versus a uh, versus a, a first person shooter but i i think it's anything like gears of war 3 or halo you give yourself a couple weeks to avoid the creator like area that will be there when after that game hits yeah because i mean it's not so much that well they're not even the same style you know um the people that are going to buy it are going to buy it but if there's someone who likes to buy a lot of different styles, you know, where's they're going to, and they only going to buy one game, where's their money going to go? You know, that's the kind of thing. It's like, you got to give it a little window, but the rest of the years, pretty much, you don't have any place to go. So I guess get it out, get it out there before Christmas and <laughs> hope for the best. Yeah. So, well, I guess uh, before that too, before it came out on Tuesday, I was playing Dead Island. Dead Island Space Marines though before, trying to get my time in before Gears came out. You know, I haven't even thought of Dead Island. As much, I was so hooked, man. I couldn't stop playing. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I didn't even think about it until today I read something about Dead Island. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that game. And I'm like, you know, it's just how quick, man, these things can disappear. So, But anyways, um, all right, how about you, Dark? Uh, it might be a dumb question, but what have you played this week? <laughs> 
Um, I played about 10, 15 minutes of Gears of War 2 right before I headed out for the midnight launch at 8 o'clock for Gears of War 3. And then after that, it was nothing but even to five minutes before we started recording. <laughs> so you, you, you still haven't slept. You've been playing since for solid week. Um, how, how long did it take you to beat the campaign? Um, I completed it. Uh, sometime Tuesday evening. I'm not <laughs> sure what time, though. But the the day it was released, you had the campaign complete. Yes, I slept for about three hours, and that's it. Wow. That's dedication for you. See, that's why he's our Gears correspondent, so... There you go. The man. <laughs> uh, you, have you played anything else, or is that's just it? Huh? That's that's it. Okay. No demos, no nothing. <laughs> so um, I have to ask you... With you playing for so long, what what level are you now? Um, I just hit thirty four. Yeah, I've seen people higher than actually fifty, but like uh, th- for this one, I think they're just like put out a set number to get to like level fifty, and then it's tougher to reach higher levels. But I think after like the week or the first month. They're going to tweak the leveling system a bit. So, just kind of get as high as they can with the low levels. Yeah, there you go. That's interesting. Well, I got to say that I did... I was very close to going to midnight release. And I didn't didn't plan on it. Um, Initially, I was not planning to go. And... Because I had to work the next day and... I'm old, and it's just, you know, I'm like, there's all these young kids in there, and this me, the old fart. But um, I had decided that the night of the day, I was like, yeah, you know what? My my Looking at my outlook for the next day, I was like, I was pretty booked. I wasn't going to get to be able to run up to the store in the, in the after, you know early afternoon like I had planned. So I was like, well, I'll, go, I'll just go tonight. And it was like 1030. I was sitting here. In fact, I didn't even play Xbox that night. I think I was watching... Um, star trek on netflix and i'd watched a couple episodes and it was almost 10 30 and uh i went and i was just tired man i was like falling asleep in my chair and uh so i got up and was walking around and was talking to the wife and i was like well i gotta leave in a little bit she's like where are you going and i'm <laughs> like i'm gonna go i got a midnight release go pick up gears and she's like are you crazy you know, and I'm just like, <laughs> I, I gotta, you know, I gotta save the world from the locust horror, babe, you know, and she's just like, you need to go to bed, you gotta work, you're tired, and I'm just like, yeah, I know, but I gotta go get it, and I walked away, and I ended up going upstairs and just going to bed, <laughs> I was just like, you know what, my wife is right, it's like, I'm too old for this, you know, because if I go get it, I'm gonna be up playing all night, I gotta work, I just need to. I just need to go to work. So, but uh, I was able to end up with a little bit of free time to run out and go pick it up, <laughs> and uh, and I was able to start playing uh, that evening. So I, it's and that's it's been fun. But uh, we'll talk a lot of Gears of War three today, um, and we are actually going to do something different this time. Um, all three of us have played the game. All three of us have beat the campaign, and we know that many people have not. So we are going to do a, basically an after show. We are going to talk Gears War 3 unedited. Uh, it will probably contain spoilers. 
Um, but we're going to do it at the very end of the show. So if you want to hear it or if you've already played the campaign, um, then you can stick around and listen to it. If you haven't, we're not going to say anything during the normal show. We will announce when we're going to the after show. And uh, we'll, we'll announce again that we, we may contain spoilers when we talk about it. So. But besides Gears of War 3, I actually did get a chance to try something else out. And I did this as just so I'd have something else to talk about today. And this is a little arcade title we've talked about for a long time, and we've criticized. We've said it's going to be garbage, it's going to be junk, I can't believe they're doing what they're doing. And this is a title called Burnout Crash. I was a huge Crash Mode fan. Uh, my wife really enjoyed it back in the original Xbox. Her and I used to have competitions uh, on who could, you know, and she would, like, play till she beat my score, and then I'd, she'd hand me the controller, and I'd keep playing till I beat it, and... Well, so I'm like, let me try this out just so I can tell the community, avoid, don't spend the 10 bucks because, you know, it's garbage, all that. Well, after playing it for about maybe, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes, I, I pulled the trigger <laughs> and bought the game. <laughs> and I've actually found myself playing it. Um, and I, I'm going to, not all my kids, one of my kids have played it. And... Uh, was laughing hysterically and was having fun with it. Uh, I know my oldest boy is gonna is gonna really love it, and he didn't get a chance to play it today. So, um, but the game actually is kind of fun, and it kills me to say that because it looks so stupid. Um, but the good news is you can play it with a controller. You do not need Connect. You can play with Connect if you want. But it comes up like a normal game, and you actually have to hit a button, a controller, uh, a button on your controller to to play with connect and i haven't done it that way i don't plan to do it that way but um it's 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 kind of a fun game and i, I really enjoyed it it's 800 microsoft points um you get like if you can blow up this pizza truck that comes through then you get like it's like brings up the wheel of pizza or the pizza no pizza of fortune and so it's a big pizza you know and it scrolls around and there's different options and depending what slice you land on you could get like uh, times three multiplier, you get this, uh, all kinds of different bonus things that can happen in the game. Um, uh, there's, there's cops who come and block the road. So, you know, it, it basically, they barricade one side of the road for you so that the car can't escape. Um, there's all kinds of different power-ups. There's, there's tornadoes that rip through sinkholes that open up. Um, and it's actually a fun game. Uh, I, I actually have to take back all my words and everything bad I said about it. Um, I was shocked. And so I'm going to recommend people to check it out. Um, it is different from the previous Crash modes, but this actually is a fun game. So um, check it out. And I think it could be something your, your kids might enjoy as well, your whole family. So Burnout Crash. Sounds good. Sounds yeah. cool. So, um, all right. Well, obviously, last Friday night, we, we did have an FNL. Um, I don't know who was there. I, I really can't. I've played so much Gears of War with so many different people. I do know Gears of War happened. <laughs> I do know many people in the community were on and banding together. And it's going to happen again this coming Friday night. Um, I, I can't set a time because we've got people all over the all over from east to west coast in Europe, uh, all around the world. So get on Friday night uh, and look for community members, and you're, you'll easily band up. Um, I honestly can't even tell you what I played Friday night. Um, 
I know what I played. I played a uh, four-player co-op with Voodoo, Peter Troy, and Nighthawk. And we got through probably one of the tougher parts of the campaign, I'd say. It was frustrating. But well, you, you, you and I finished it, didn't we? Didn't we finish yeah. the campaign Friday night? Uh, it was Saturday night. Oh, that was sad. I think it was no, Friday. No, no. It wasn't last you, night. Yeah, because you guys disbanded when That's everyone right. was, night. was playing. It was very early Saturday morning your time, <laughs> like yes, 4 a.m. Right. It was 4 a.m. That's 4 right. It was Saturday morning, like 1 a.m. <laughs> my time, 4 a.m. your time, and we we completed it. So um, that's right. That's what we did Friday night. So because uh, I think when we got on, there was everybody was pretty much set for their game. So Mud and I like, all right, let's just go do this because we really wanted to try to finish it up. So. We so, could try to set up some sort of a wingman tournament with people. We had enough people to do kind of a private game um, or a couple different wingman tournaments or even a capture the leader private game setup. Or we could play yep. Gears of War 2 and go get those multiplayer achievements <laughs> that a bunch of us don't have <laughs> for wingman uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Maybe. Um, all right, Gears of War 3 is coming Friday. Um, we'll be all on. Just look for us. Uh, we're all going to be on, so playing all kinds of different things. So we're going to jump into our topics. Um, we are going to jump to topic number two because we're going to save Gears of War for later in the show. So the first thing I want to talk about with you guys, and I've kind of pretty much said my piece on it, but the, I want to talk again about the end-user license agreements and the gamer. And there was a story, and if you guys want to look at our website, uh, it's on our main page. The story is do as I say, not as I do. And there was some comments, quite a few comments posted off of this article. But in essence, after we talked about Sony, last episode I talked to Mel Kirk from Zen Studios, the makers of Pinball FX2, uh, about Sony changing their end-user license agreement and... You know, yeah, we know they got hacked, so they're trying to protect themselves. But EA has also done the same thing. And actually, if you wanted to opt out of the the EULA, it's too late. Because you only get 30 days from the day they change it, and that date has passed. So my question is, and we've had some people feel in the comments, you can go and read them on the site. There's some people that have basically said, yeah, it stinks. And there's people that say... What's the big deal? Why are you guys whining about it? I, I'm curious from you guys, you two, I want to know what your thoughts are. And the, the only reason I'm going to say that I'm bringing this up again is because I don't think people understand because I think I made a comment about somewhere along the line about people are whining about not getting gun skins, weapon skins that, that, you know, they got, they shouldn't have to pay for them. It should be part of the game. And, you know, everybody, every time a new game comes out, they're whining that, uh, you know, this DLC should be in the game. That's what people seem to focus on and care about. This type of issue basically takes your rights out to sue a company if for some reason, you know, like a Sony or EA who now has all your information, they've got your information online. What if they get hacked? What if your information gets out? There's nothing you can do. You can't, you don't have a right to sue them 
for negligence. So they can now not put the money into protecting your data because there's nothing you can do about it. You can't sue them to, to, for their negligence. And that that's my point. It's like this is a bigger issue than a weapon skin, but nobody seems to really care about this. So I've stated my point enough times. I want to hear from you two guys. I, I'd write, you know, from the community. What do you guys think? I'll let Dark Knight go first. I think that, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, especially with these two big companies, they have a lot of games, rather some little tiny company that has like maybe one or two games. These guys have like tens, comes out with tens and twenties of games each year. And that that means they're protected through all those games and their servers and everything. You can't do nothing about it. They can do whatever they want and you have nothing to do. I think it's kind of ridiculous. I, I mean, I do agree. I think that though, um, I think that's what they want you to believe as well, though. They want um, you to believe there's nothing you can do. Um, a lot of this comes down to if you have something that you want to sue them over, it, it, it takes money and it takes the ability to do so. Um, it's not, yes, they put these things in writing and then they, they, um, they try to provide that, that outline, that guidance that they can't be sued, but in truth, these things are only as as airtight as uh, your ability to. I mean, you could press them if you if you could do something, but it, it would require a lot of effort. And um, they're trying to stymie that. If there is a situation, they're trying to protect themselves. I can understand them wanting to protect themselves, but as a consumer, it. Uh, I think that we uh, we try to we think that that's not going to happen to me. Or that couldn't happen to us. And you look at what happened to Sony and everything that happened this year, and it does happen. Um, and if something should happen to you negatively out of that, um, I I would hate to say, or I would never say, and I would I strongly encourage other people to say, to say themselves that I can't do something, not say that. Don't say, I can't sue them, or I can't do this. Make sure that you check all your options, because if something electronically happens to you that's because of negligence on someone's part, um, you have the right to do everything in your power to correct that. Um, and that's where I think that I get when people start kind of saying, Oh, there's just nothing we're going to be able to do. We're not going to, you know, they put up all these walls. It's, it's all words. And um, there are ways to um, get at that. And, it, it, you know, um, it's just from personal experience of my own that I know that uh, uh, with the right, kind of help you can you can uh, help to fix things but i don't i understand what they're trying to do i don't like it either um because i don't like the way they make they try to put people in a place um saying that you can't do anything that you're on you don't have any power uh and i don't know that's not true and people have to understand that or actually research and, and, and develop their own understanding of what they can and they cannot do yeah, that's a that's a very good point, and I think I do recall someone stating something to that effect in the in the comments returning. Um, and I, you know, it's not to I know thinking of how I may sound when I bring I bring this up. I certainly am not looking to sue a company. Um, 
I have never sued a company. I've never sued anybody. Uh, to me, there's you know, the, especially in the United States, we're all sue happy. We'll sue them, sue them, and I, it it actually annoys me that everybody jumps to that the first thing. You know, well, they owe me because I'm very much against that. Um, I, I hated the fact that that lady sued McDonald's um, because she poured hot coffee in her lap and blamed them for it. Yeah. Um, in fact, when uh, I was going through college, I had a business law class, and we actually uh, redid that case. And I was on the side representing McDonald's, and we won. Uh, and, it, and it was just like, I mean, I felt so passionate about that particular thing that we were doing because I, I, I don't believe in just suing people. But on the second hand, I don't feel like what you said, Colin, that these companies are trying to bully people. And that's what it is. They're bullies. And I, I think they're trying to bully their, their customers. And it's like, why would you treat your customer that way? Just don't treat me like I'm a nobody. I'm giving you my hard-earned money. You know, and you should treat me with some some respect. I mean, you're you're getting rich off of and making a lot of money and having a nice life because of the products you pull out and because of the people that purchase them. Don't don't turn around and treat the your customers like dirt. And I, I just think a lot of companies, and this goes outside of gaming, tend to do that. I look at the music industry. I'm just I'm floored by the stuff that they have done in the past. You know, and I think they've been hurt by. They've been hurt by it. Um, but anyways, I, I, I won't keep going into this. So we, I beat this into the ground a couple times. <laughs> so I appreciate your guys' comments on it. And if anybody else has any comments, you're more than welcome to call in and share your thoughts or, or post into the, into the story. Um, that's there on our main site. Uh, on Brun's blog at thisxboxlife.com. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right. But this is going to lead me into the second thing, which we've talked about. And all right, guys, I do not get this. I am so tired of hearing people cry and whine like a little baby that, well, I should have got this. This shouldn't charge me for DLC. This should have been on the disc or this should have been in the game um, or or the contents on the disc. They're just charging me for it. And I'm going to use the recent Gears 3 weapon skin because we're hearing people complain about this. And I just cannot, for the life of me, understand where anybody thinks, can honestly believe and feel that this should be free. Because if you've read my review, which went up today uh, on Sunday, you read my review on this game. There is so much content in this game. There is so much here. Um and to sit there and think that, well, they owe me more, get over yourself, man. This is a company that is out to make money. They're doing this to make money, not to give it away to you for free, you know. And there's a lot more than $60 in, in this package. And I'm going to go based on the $60 package. If you bought a bigger package, well, then you got a bunch of extra stuff for that money. Your $60, you get a campaign that will last you about 15 hours, okay? You will get Horde mode. You will get Beast mode. You will get Versus mode, okay? And there Arcade is mode. Arcade mode into the campaign. So there's, there's five different modes of gameplay and style of gameplay. And, and let's compare it to another game, Homefront. Four-hour campaign and multiplayer. That's it. 
Let's compare it to Call of Duty. They have shrunk down to about a six to eight hour campaign. And in, in, in one of my comments about this, I even gave them the credit of saying they went to eight. Okay. But they've had some, I've beat those campaigns in less than eight hours. But, you know, they've shrunk their campaigns down to focus on their multiplayer. And you don't get nowhere near the amount of multiplayer. Yeah, you get if you're a Call of Duty guy, you're gonna play hundreds of hours, okay? And and you're and you're you get your money's worth, okay? But Gears Three, there is so much stuff. They could have said this is our last one, and we know everybody's gonna want it. We don't have to do a 15-hour campaign. We could do we could cut that in half, do a seven-hour, eight-hour campaign. We'd be right in line with everybody else, and no one could fault us for it. And you know how much money they could have saved? They cut that campaign in half. A lot of money that would have been more profit in their pocket, but they didn't. They said, we're going to go all out. We're giving this our all. And then people turn around and whine and cry about something that has no effect on the game, doesn't impact your ability to play any better or any worse. Someone having a flaming gun skin is not going to – doesn't change the attributes of their weapon. So – you guys, you're in a community. You tell me, am, am I just off my rocker here and thinking these people are idiots for crying? Or am I right on that? Am I hitting this on the nail on the head here? No, I don't think that you, uh, if you're off by any means. I think it's kind of crazy to think that everything uh, is supposed to come with your, with your $60 purchase, uh, especially when it comes to when you look at gears and you look at all the things that you, you talked about. And to me, none of those things um, feel tacked on. Like some some games you'll play, it'll be, uh, yeah, it was focused on multiplayer, and so they tacked on a single player. Like you can say that about Homefront. It, it feels like it was tacked on just to be there. None of these particular items, none of the beast mode or the horde mode or any of that stuff feels tacked on. It all has very, uh, I mean, it's very detailed and it's very well thought out. And there's some really, it's all a difference. So you could be playing this game. I mean, well, to next year, to the years after that, um, just playing all the different things that are there to be able to do. I, if you if you're really upset because you didn't get weapon skills, that's just something to tweak your you tweak the way your visual style is. Most mods that come out for computer games and things like that are on the side. You either pay somebody for that or you make it up yourself. The fact that they created these extra mods um, for the game and they said, hey, you know, well, we made these. We we can sell them. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. How about you, Dark? To be honest, I when they first announced this on their Q&A live stream, and they said that the weapon skins in total would be 3,600 Microsoft points, I was a little floored. I did the math and found out that was 30 or $45 dollars American, and I was like, geez, this is ridiculous. Like, um, and then I just, once you play the game, you did that, oh, it just takes it out of your mind. Like you don't even care. But I, I think what they maybe could have done to ease the pain, I guess, like make it a little cheaper, like for just one set for all the starting weapons, it's $7. That's like, that's okay, I guess. But like 45 bucks for weapon skins is kind of a lot. And then stuff that was already ready for the beta like from when they first showed multiplayer footage before when the game is supposed to be out in april they showed the pink lancer already in that video and now it, you have to charge for that one and in the game now you get seven weapon skins and for paying if you buy them 
that's 21. I think they maybe could have equaled it out maybe a little bit, but it's still, like, it shouldn't matter because, in all honesty, they didn't have to add beast mode. If they didn't have it, I still would have been amazed to find the content you get this game. Yeah, I think the the price, um, it does seem a little steep if you figure, you know, for someone who's a true fan that wants everything they can get, dumping $45 on weapon skins is kind of crazy, in my opinion. But I don't think they put it out there with the intent of someone's going to, you know, they didn't expect everybody to buy them all. Some people are going to. And and that's just those people that choose to do that. They're they're first day buyers. They're they're paying for the big bucks. They're kicking out a thousand dollars for the console, for the big retro lancer gun, for the you know the biggest edition they can get. You know those are the people that are gonna oh I'm what's another forty five bucks? You know I'm buying the season pass. I'm buying all this. You know and and I got the season pass, so I got like a, a liquid weapon skin for liquid free. Middle liquid metal which i actually equipped and i think it looks pretty cool um and i see all those blocks of and you can unlock some in the game as you play but you know there's a lot that say yeah you got to purchase them but i just don't have a problem with it <laughs> I mean, yeah if you really need to buy like just your favorite one it's not even that that much so you don't have yeah. to buy all of them that all won't probably appeal to you anyway so no, I know I did. I bought there was a uh, one camouflage one that I thought was nice, and I had 250 Microsoft points, and it cost 240 for, um, and all the weapons were covered with that particular skin. And I was like, hey, it's cool to have. And I only had the other one. On the one-off, you want to change the way your guns look, you could do it. Yep. No. They give you fine-looking ones already, like even basic yeah. without any skin, wouldn't have a problem with it either. Yeah, that's. I like, like my flaming one. Yeah, like the gold was what everybody was, you know, the gold was the new, you know, the fancy thing before. Well, they gave that to you. Was it gold and silver? And those are in the game now. And there's a there's well, there's a fire one and there's a one with the Gears logo on it. And those all come with it. And, you know, I just it's I it just kills me because people are like, I want more. I want more. But then when they give you more, then it's like, well, they're just trying to evil cash grab and take all the money out of my pocket and well then find a new hobby you know i mean i i have the 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 where dlc comes in where i don't like it is where you say like you know um well someone brought up assassin's creed mm, 2 i think it was where there was missing chapters in the game well, they mysteriously appeared oh, yep. later as DLC. Um, you know, that's that seems a little suspect. Um, but the game still was long and had a lot of content. So, again, it's kind of like, well, maybe that's the way it was intended. It was, you know, they did that on purpose and it was part of the story. And But um, the way, if you're going to have like a game like Homefront where you're going to get a four-hour game, and then they're like a week later. Oh, here's DLC to extend your experience. Um, no, if, if you're not, yeah, if you're not giving enough content on the disc, and I'd say reasonable because everybody's going to have their own opinion. Obviously, some people think you should get everything for free. Some people think you should get everything for the sixty dollars, and some people are willing to pay up to a thousand dollars. I mean, I know someone that's paid a thousand bucks total out this week just for gears because they bought everything. You know, and they're perfectly happy. So, you know, it's there's a it's a big world, a lot of people, and um, 
you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't want more and then get mad because they're going to charge you for it. it they just—they're not going to make it for free. These people, you know, all these people making this stuff. This—they do it for a job, a living. They have families. They have house payments. They have car payments. They have college educations to pay for their own that they're completing and kids coming up. So, you know, it, it's—you <laughs> got to pay for it. And if you don't want it, don't buy it. So. Now, if it was like, if these gun skins altered the effects of the weapons, yeah. then you could complain. <laughs> okay, then you'd have grounds to stand on, but they don't. So, another thing, like, um, with their DLC season pass, they said that their first one comes out in November. They said that all the DLC for story mode and stuff has not been in the game already. So you're set for new content and stuff. Uh, but the, a thing that I, I kind of don't really have a big problem with it, but I'm not happy with it, is that they have characters already on the disc that are supposed to be DLC. Like they have – if you go to leaderboards right now for Horde or something, they have three maps. So they have Azura, Rustalong, which are two new maps, and Blood Drive, which was in Gears 2, like one of the big popular maps. And it's revamped and stuff because people with JTAGged Xboxes, modded Xboxes, have already put YouTube videos out of the stuff that's already on the disc that the retail disc doesn't have on it. They have a couple characters. They have Bernie, a character from the comics, and Rom and... Me and Lieutenant Min Young, and already on the disc. I kind of don't have a problem with that, but then again, I do because I don't know if they're gonna add more maps. It's gonna be a three-pack thing for ten bucks, like the last one where you get five, but then you also get possible weapon skins and these characters that were already on the disc. But they said that they put these weapon skins on the disc already because if you just went ahead and bought it. The other people that didn't buy those wouldn't have been able to see them anyway. So I guess that's why they did it for the DLC or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just I just can't see that there's anything here that's like underhanded or them trying to thieve from us. Or if they were trying to jip the customer, they would have had a campaign that was a lot shorter. Yeah. You know, I mean... <laughs> um, and Only giving you five maps and stuff like that. Yeah, so. you wouldn't have had a beast mode. Um, and I would just have to ask, you know, if somebody really felt, you know, if you got your gears of War Three and you you played it and stuff like that, if you felt that you didn't get enough, you know, <laughs> I, I just think that would be crazy to, yeah. to be able to go home and say, man, I really, if I had those weapon skins, I that would be that would be it. That would be right for me. I don't see that. I think what you have like there is well beyond many people's expectations. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. I I got the console, the Epic Edition, and the Ritual, and so I'm more than happy than what I got. I effectively have two copies of the game, and I still love it to bunches. Yeah, I went cheap, sixty bucks, but I did buy the. Uh, I ended up buying the season pass. Uh, I was in the store. And I wasn't – I guess I had heard about it before but wasn't really paying attention to it. And I'm in mm-hmm. the store to pick up my copy, and I see the little poster, the paper they got printed out on it on the on the counter. So I pick it up and look at it. And I'm just like, oh, man, I don't want to – I can't – I don't want to spend out 90 bucks on this thing today. But then I'm like, well, previous gears, I bought all the DLC, and 
they'll probably have achievements tied to it and you know there's stuff i'm gonna want to play with everybody and you know i i did buy all the gears too and loved it and so i'm like so if i'm gonna end up buying it why don't i just pick it up now pay for it ahead of time price i get a discounted price and i get a liquid metal gun skin so (laughs) you know i mean it wasn't the gun skin that would you know it was the fact that i'm saving 30 percent so that's more money for me down the road for something else and i'm like yeah why not you know i'm i and and that's another thing that i think is going to be the next big thing everybody starts whining about because we're we are starting to hear some grumblings on season passes with Um, fours of four fours yep fours has got it gears got it um wouldn't it be surprised EA. if Call of Duty comes out with one? Yep. So, well, the didn't the um, don't you get some kind of DLC with the Elite Pack or the the Hardened Edition? The Hardened Edition, because you get a year to Elite Pro, and yeah, I thought and you it, got all the DLC or something as well, because that's like a forty dollar, was it a forty fifty dollar package? For a year, yeah, I think so. I'm not sure. Like, I'm not a big Call of Duty fan, so uh, I could be wrong. But uh, I, think I don't know if it's. Yeah, I yeah, know you get. But I'm not sure if like Elite Pro, you get all the DLC or you get them with a discount. I'm not sure about that. Uh, I could be wrong, but don't. Yeah, I can't remember what we reported on that a while back. But I mean, I think I think you're gonna start seeing more stuff like this, um, and and it, to me, it makes smart sense. Um, and it benefits the gamer who's gonna who's gonna buy it all anyways. You're gonna yeah. benefit if you buy it all. If you're always if you if it's a game you love and you're gonna buy all the DLC, get the season pass. That's stupid if you don't get the season pass because you're wasting money. You you could get all that content for cheaper. Um, plus you get an, obviously a bonus item at the beginning for purchasing it. Um, but it's also smart for the company because um, even Activision has stated that they typically you'll see sales drop after the second map pack. Or after their second DLC pack, the sales drastically drop off after that point, even in Call of Duty. So, you know, if they can get, you know, you figure if a map pack or something is 10 bucks, okay, and they release four of them. So that's $40, okay? So they're typically going to get $20 out of most gamers. But if they say, you know what, we'll give you, you give us $30. We'll give you basically a free map pack. They're gaining an extra $10, which they probably weren't going to get from most people. And so it doesn't hurt them to give the content free. I mean, it's already made. They're actually making more money on it. And the gamer actually saves those that would get them all will actually end up saving 10 bucks, or, or more. You know, it depends on the pricing and stuff. But... I think the only question is the only the only real big doubt in my mind is well what am I actually going to get because yeah, they just say thing. DLC well they could come out with well here's a bunch of weapon skins you know <laughs> well you better not include that in my deal I you know me I'm expecting uh, in fact I think the gear is even stated it in in the ad of you will get map packs you're going to get campaign uh, expanded campaign modes and stuff like that. Um, and I'm knowing gears the way they've done it, and you're going to get your money's worth for the 30 bucks. Uh, I'm sure I'll exceed it. Uh, the Forza, I think, is a different question, and there's a lot of, you know, concern there. And I don't mm-hmm. plan to get the Forza season pass simply because I've never bought Forza DLC before. It, it's 
it's one of those games I'll play with the community and when it first comes out, but it's just not, I can't hang on racing games. I, I, I usually get burned out on them and then I'm, I'm checking out, you know, going back to my shooter. So I don't intend to buy that season pass, but what, what is your guys' thoughts on season passes? We've seen EA do it with their sports line uh, across all their sports lines, which is different. Gears has done it for one game. Mortal Kombat has Kombat. done it for their four DLC yep. characters. Okay. Is this good or bad? I think it's good. Like, I bought the Mortal Kombat uh, season pass because I wanted to buy those characters before they even announced. I bought it, I think, during the second fight was announced, Kenshi, and I was fine with the ones that they released after that. I don't really play Mortal Kombat more anymore anyway but i still don't feel like i wasted money i I gotta to play as those characters i enjoyed them for what i did and with gears 3 i plan to buy it because i plan to play gears for as long as possible well you they said you can buy the season pass for gears 3 until it seems not smart for it because you don't wait like probably around Maybe the third or fourth DLC when it's out is probably when they'll take it off the marketplace. But until then, you still have the chance to buy it, and I do plan on buying it when I get some more funds. Yeah, you put all your money into everything else. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a good thing. I think it's uh, it gives uh, people choice. And, uh, I I can see how people might see this, you know, opportunity to get more money or force you to buy, but nobody's forcing you to buy. Nobody's pulling your arm behind your back and saying, hey, you got to buy this set. You could buy it as it comes out and uh, potentially pay a little bit more money if you're going to be one of those folks that's going to buy everything. Uh, but it gives you the option that you can say, hey, I'm going to get it all up front. I know at least I'm going to get the first four because uh, that's what it says for Gears of War 3. That's, it's not just going to be four, it sounds like, uh, for Gears. It sounds like there's going to be more than that, um, but that you're getting the first um, four that will be coming out, and which I think is great. And uh, they really, and one of the things about Gears of War 2 that I, I really believe they supported it, you know, outstandingly uh, with all the additional map packs and everything that they came out with. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do uh, with it coming out. And for the other games like Forza, and it's it's a nice nice to have. And sometimes they throw something extra, in, like a gunmetal skin or or something like that, um, or not. Maybe sometimes it's just savings. I think it's a nice it's a nice addition to be able to say, hey, I'm gonna get all this up front. That'll be nice. But you take that risk too. Maybe one of the DLCs isn't what you were hoping for. Maybe you do get tired of it after a while. You're like, oh well, I already paid for it, but now I'm getting it. That's that's a risk you gotta uh, as a consumer you have to weigh. It's just an I think it's a nice way of uh, having another opportunity or option to if you wanna get it all you you can up front. Yeah, and the beauty is if you don't want to, then don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> you don't have to. So there, there's I think no in impact. The, I think in the first DLC pack for Gears, I think there's actually going to be a campaign mission or chapter or whatever in this first one because they've recently announced that Aisha Tyler, the comedian and actress, that she's going to be playing a role in a coming DLC. So it's already new stuff. Mm-hmm. And do we know for certain that they're only ten dollars a piece? Has that been said? 
Well, it's 40, or no, it's a, they say it's 33%, it's already 30, so 33% would mean that is like 45, so I think one of them is maybe going to be like 15, but you probably, you're going to get more for that certain pack, but. Okay. So. Yeah, well, I guess, I'm sure when it's all said and done, well, you know. One of us will be like, "Hey, I didn't get my money's worth, or I did get my money's worth, or this is, you know, we'll we'll see the story once all the DLC hits. Someone will write a story about, okay, this season pass actually did save you this much because here's what it was, and you know, if they come out to be fifteen bucks or even ten bucks, it's like, it's just money. I'll be happy when it comes out. I'll be like, sweet, I don't have to pay for this because mm-hmm. I already did. It, it's done. It's gone. I it, to me, it'll feel like it's free when it does come out. It's kind of reassuring too to think that, hey. They're going to come out with four additional things that's going to support this. Yes, I'm taking a risk. I don't know what those things are. But the fact that, you know, there's going to be additional support and things that are going on with this game it makes me feel better about my purchase, too. Yeah, and I think it's good for a game like this that's an established franchise where you've got a track record of seeing what they, the developer has done to support the game, to continue to DLC. Um, we know that Epic is definitely going to be doing it. it you know, it's There's no question in my mind that I'm going to get four quality DLC packs without a doubt. Um, same with Forza. It's going to be what the community wants. It's what, it's what they've asked for. The stuff's going to be there. Um, now, if it was like a brand new franchise, no. I, putting a season pass on a brand new franchise is stupid because you have no idea what the even if you're even going to like the game or how you know if the developers are going to be shut down the next day. You know, but mm-hmm. Epic is, you know, Epic's going to be here. They're they're not going anywhere. So it's it's a safe bet. It's it's savings in your pocket and and like you said, um, the game's going to be around for a long time. So it's like, hey, I'm paying sixty bucks. But since they're doing a season pass, I know that they're going to be – this game's going to be around and supported for a long time. I like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> so you get a million people anting up that money, they, they've got – you know, that's a lot of money for them to go and build more content with. And it, it puts the money in their pocket ahead of time so they have it to, to spend and to build. And they may end up being able to do more because they have the money, you know? So mm-hmm. – I guess we'll see. No. All right. Well, I think that that ends the griping session or <laughs> whatever we want to call that part. Um, next, I wanted to talk about Rage. And I don't know about you guys, but I got to get as much Gears 3 in in the next week as I can because Rage is knocking on the door in another week, and basically in a week. Um, October 4th, I believe it is. And this game is, oh my gosh, I can't wait. To me, I feel like this is Borderlands HD. <laughs> I mean, I can't, to me, that's what it's going to be. Um, and I hope this game lives up to, I hope it lives up to what I'm hoping it to be. Um, but this game has been announced that it's going to ship on three discs for the Xbox 360. And... I, my thoughts were not so much. I don't have a problem with disc swapping. They do recommend you install it, but I kind of wanted to see what you guys thought in regards to the next Xbox that get that's coming from Microsoft. Do you think they need to? Are we seeing too many games on multiple discs, and is it an issue? 
Do you think that we need to have a Blu-ray player in it? Or do you think that we need to go to a system like OnLive where you play your games in the cloud and you don't have to worry about hard drive space or disks? Everything's digital. What do you, what do you guys think about that? And what would you like to see? I know from my uh, hours reading an interesting article that kind of blends into this from my Xbox magazine about green, about going gaming going green. And um, I think uh, how it kind of ties in is that the discs, uh, they don't biodegrade. They actually last. They can last for like, um, um, what is it, like 100 years or something like that, 100 plus years. And that um, the, the focus is kind of leaning more towards digital. I think that's um, where Microsoft or where I would expect the Xbox to go and where I, I actually don't mind. I think that's a, a good place to go. I know that it kind of gets rid of the, having that physical thing in your hand, but as a consumer, as you know, as as we try to improve our lives, I think that's uh, having it, it will be easier. Having it on the system, having it in the cloud space storage, I, I can't see them going with Blu-ray. Uh, one, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that, that's kind of owned by Sony, isn't it? The whole Blu-ray. Yes. Um, that yeah, that the whole how all that works, and so I can't see them two working together at all. Especially how they um, manage, you know, the uh, the independent or their XBLA. Uh, they have Microsoft's kind of known for the tight control that they manage. I just can't see the two working together with uh, with uh, Blu-ray involved with uh, Xbox. And that's if they did that, I I think that would hurt PS3 because that's like their main thing they got going for them in, in a way. Um, but I really think that the digital download, the digital um, having the cloud. Things like uh, on live and um, that, that's out there. I think that's uh, a bright direction for Microsoft to be heading in, and uh, will make uh, will make things a little bit more direct. I mean, I was reading that article too that it's recommended to play that Rage uh, by downloading it, and it costs twenty two gigabytes uh, yeah. to place it on there. I mean, that's a lot of space. I, I have that space there for right now, but uh, they said that you could just download one disc at a time and then delete it. That sounds a little complicated because my luck, I'd probably end up deleting my, my, my entire save or something like that. And I haven't <laughs> start over again. Um, so I think that's kind of a crazy to have to look through it. And if it was all just there, you know, you downloaded it to a digital platform. Uh, I can see that being, I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be nice to have something like that. But at the same time, I think too, if you're not making all those discs and you're not, you know, you don't have all the inserts and things like that that are going on to it. I would think that games might be a little bit less expensive, but I know that's more of a pipe dream than anything else. What do you think, Bart? I I kind of do not want a digital universe. Granted, it's going to come sooner rather or later, and because I you know I got AT and T internet, they have a cap for two like two hundred and fifty gigabytes, I think it is, for your bandwidth and stuff like that and that having digitally would add into that like there was i think it was two months ago or somewhere like that i just watched netflix like a lot of the month and that caused me to go over and for the first three times they don't charge you but after that they charge you like i think 10 bucks for 50 meg gigabytes so i think that would be bad for the people with 
bandwidth caps. Like I know Canada has pretty tight bandwidth caps as well. So that would be bad. But the Blu-ray, I'd be kind of happy. Like I never, I've watched only one Blu-ray movie before, but I couldn't really tell the difference. But the, having it would be nice. I kind of like having more than one disc also, like with Dead Space Final Fantasy and Upcoming Rage, because, you know, it kind of gets me excited. Like I'm getting so much content where I have to switch a disc because they couldn't fit all of that story into one disc. And it gets you a little bit of exercise walking to your Xbox, you know, save you some of the blood clots. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think that we are going to eventually get to digital. I mean, look at the music. Um, I was kind of surprised the. Well, uh, la- I mean, I used to go into like Best Buy or Circuit City and buy music all the time and you know half the store was music it's like now you go into a best buy and you're like it's hard to find the music section because it's like one aisle yeah i mean it's just it's it's shrunk so i mean the digital impact i mean itunes has had such an effect on retail that and then you look at look how big the space is. I mean, the video game space, shelf space, I think is bigger than the music space is now at, at a Best Buy. Yep. And when they go yep. digital, that's going to do the same thing. I mean, it's just going to become non-existent. And it it doesn't really bother me for the music. Um, I used to always like to buy my CDs, but I've also found that I don't buy music anymore. I don't steal it or anything. I just listen to the radio, you know. Mm-hmm. But and of course, I'm getting older, so I listen to a lot of talk radio. Maybe that says more about <laughs> my buying purchases. But um, I just I just don't buy music anymore. And if I do, I'll just download it off the Zune Marketplace and listen to it at the, on the computer or something or on the Zune. And um, I really don't mind. It's like it really didn't. It doesn't bother me now. I guess to not have that physical disc. I'd still rather have the CD if I'm going to buy an al- a whole album, but and I think we'll eventually adjust. You know, a lot yep. of gamers are very tech-savvy people. We all have the iTunes and the Zooms, and we well, download all this stuff, and e-readers, movies. Books yeah, books are going away. Uh, DVD, movies, and Blu-rays are probably going to eventually go away. You know, everything's going to end up going digital media. So I think it's just part of the evolution, and I don't believe that – I do believe the next Xbox has to have a physical medium because I don't think they can – we're not to that point where we can just flip the switch and say everything's going to be digital. I, I don't think either Sony or Microsoft would have the cojones to do that at this point. <laughs> I think they'd lose out because you know too much of the world or too much of the country is not – doesn't have broadband. You, you hear that. Well, these people aren't, you know, they've, they've shipped 50 million, but only 30 million people are, you know, 55 million Xboxes sold, only 30 million people are on live. That's only 20 million plus yeah. that are attached to broadband. But don't you think XBLA has kind of been a platform for them to test a lot of that and how that works by providing the digital downloads? Yes, it's in a smaller degree right now, but... Um, with the right 
cloud capacity or you know managing in that um, we're already kind of there and XBLA is pretty popular. There's yeah, a lot but of I transactions think. Occur. But you did you would put the whole the whole successor failure of an entire console on on whether everybody has broadband or not. That's I think it's too big of a oh, leap to take at this time. You know, broadband is, and you know, I don't know if many people don't have broadband in their home, but you look at the stats, and there are people. I mean, I know, I do know someone in my family who doesn't. That, well, they do, but there's no way I could game on it. it it's horrible. It's, it's, but it's where they live. You know, there's people out, out yeah. in the countries or on the outskirts, or they just don't have it. <laughs> so, um, and that way they, so they don't need it now because they can put a disc in the tray. But if you take that disk completely out then, and rely solely on the cloud, I think you really – I think it's too early. Um, one, I think we need faster speeds. I think we need better reliability. We need different cap settings. Uh, we need to make sure that that's not a, a roadblock for us. So, But I don't think that they can – I don't think the next Xbox can, can rely on DVD again. I really don't. Um, so I think they're going to have to do something, possibly putting a Blu-ray in there, because I can't think of any other uh, any other way for them to do it, unless they just come up with their own format or they just start using HD DVDs, you know, <laughs> make their own HD DVD drives and burn your discs to these. I mean, that I mean, and then they don't have to pay the licensing to Sony. But if they do put a Blu-ray player in it, Sony's going to make money off every xbox title sold and and i can't see microsoft wanting to they're competing against sony why would you want to give them a piece of pie every time a game is sold is it worth it to them to do that versus trying to work out something else right so it'll be really interesting to see what happens i really look forward to seeing what what they do because i think they're kind of in a bit of a you know a, a bit of a jam, you know. I think they they want to go digital, and I think they're going to get there. But I think they it's too early to to force that. Um, but I guess we'll see. <laughs> All right, um, let's jump in. Last week, as we were recording, this news hit the street that Netflix is going to be streaming only, and Netflix is no longer going to be. Uh, in the DVD by mail service, at least in the Netflix name. What they're doing is they've created a second company called Quickster, um, and Quickster will be still have the red envelopes. Everything's going to look the same except the name's changed. The website's going to be the same. Uh, they do have a website at quickster.com. There's just a coming soon page. Um, but if you go to that site, You'll see the big movie screen, the popcorn. It says something like, get the popcorn ready. Uh, you'll see like the chairs and the popcorn at the table. But if you also look at that table, you will notice that there is an Xbox 360 controller sitting on that table. That's because Quickster is also going to be doing not only movies, but video games through the mail. Now, this is basically what we have been asking myself. I have been wanting for a very long time is for Netflix to get into the games business and give Gamefly some competition. Because if they could compete price-wise with Gamefly, I would drop Gamefly in a heartbeat because Netflix gets me stuff the next day. And Gamefly has never done that. Um, turnaround times at Netflix are far superior 
the Gamefly. So it looks like it's finally coming. It's just going to be under a new name. Why they're doing it, I don't know. It makes no sense to me. Um, my personal thought was, okay, well, I know Netflix, when a new movie comes out on DVD, hits the, hits the street, right? I can go buy it in the, uh, at Best Buy now. I can, I can rent it at Blockbuster. I can buy it at Best Buy. Oh, wait, I can't rent it from Netflix. I have to wait 30 days before they're even allowed to put it in their rental DVD rental queues because of licensing agreements they've made with these same movie companies to stream old junk that no one cares about anymore. So my thoughts, maybe they're splitting these up in the hopes of getting away from that to go back to being able to provide DVD uh, new releases the day they come out because it'll be, quote, a different company. But it's still not. It's still owned by Netflix, and I still think they're going to be bound by those agreements. But um, I don't know. If that, if that's not a reason to do it, then maybe you know their stock has plummeted since they lost a lot of customers over this 60% price increase. Um, I, I don't know. And I think a name like Quickster is about the dumbest thing you could ever come up with. I mean, it just, to me, sounds like failure i mean it's one of those names it's like yeah that's not gonna last <laughs> what do you guys think about it i think it's interesting did you not receive the apology apology letter that the guy sent out oh yeah i did did you receive it okay yeah <laughs> did you see the video too they they did a video that and i'm just like this is like where are they sitting in the hotel pool and it just it was like it looked like something that i would do you know i'd set up my own home mm -hmm. video camera on a tripod and sit there and talk to somebody it was just so unprofessional i mean that's what i thought i think it was their effort to be to kind of like down to earth to be you know like we're feeling for you we're sorry we're doing this kind of thing that you know we're all part of the masses and trying to put everybody on the same level and stuff but at the same time it, it looks so hokey and everything and then the apology letter that they put out there was so hokey that I was like, okay, you're just trying to make more money. I understand that. I, I see what you're doing. Just just go with it. I know you lost a lot of people. We'll see if they come back, um, and, and hopefully you'll be okay. But I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure out, because for me, I was kind of getting hung up on, because um, I do the streaming, and supposedly the streaming is now, and they used to have it, but they didn't enforce it, but it's going to be tied to how many discs that you rent if you're doing the Quickster. Um because right now, I may try to restrain two different items in the, in the house, one in my basement for somebody watching something down there through Netflix and somebody on the computer. And supposedly, I'm not going to be able to do that anymore if I haven't had that occur yet. Uh, and that kind of uh, frustrates a little bit because in a sense, I feel like I'm going to have to get a Quickster account, which I don't now, um, to be able to stream multiple um, items within the home. Um because we're getting, as my family, we're getting more into the streaming, more into the development. We're actually looking at canceling my cable because I think it's more, um, there's stuff on there for the kids to watch on the, on the streaming that, they're, that they enjoy. And, um, and the stuff does come out eventually. I know it, it kind of takes a while, but if that's the only thing that we're watching, um, it, it's more, because I've spent a ton of money with Time Warner Cable and they're driving me crazy and I'm, I'm looking for a little more cost effective and i think it'll work um so i'm looking forward to staying with streaming but i, I don't like i don't understand the, all the rules and guidelines that they're kind of putting into it now as they break apart and how it's going to uh, affect me and i haven't seen that yet but i'm waiting to see what the, and they may peeve me off but i haven't had that opportunity yeah i've um 
I thought about dropping the disc-based um, just because I don't really tend to use it much anymore. Um, I used it a lot when I commuted all the time, uh, back and forth, four hours a day on a train. I watched lots of movies, and uh, in the past year, I've since I now I don't have to do that commute. I hardly watch a movie on disc anymore, so I'm kind of like, why am I paying for it? But now I want to hold on to it because if they're going to start doing games, then I'd like to, you know, I kind of want to be in, you know, oh, you were with us from the start, you know, or you're you yeah. grandfathered in, so you get a lower price, and you never know. So I think I'm going to have to hold on to it now until I see what's all going to happen. Um, and I, I've thought about dropping the streaming because really only it's all a bunch of old stuff with the exception of some TV shows I've watched on there. That's been nice. Uh, my kids like to watch all the stuff, but it's like, you know what? I got satellite TV. There's a, there's, you know, five or six cartoon channels on. There's always something on that they can watch. You know, they don't need to have the Netflix, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but now I've gotten into, they've just added all the Star Trek the original series, the next generation, um, Deep Space. No, not Deep Space Nine. Voyager, yeah, uh, but Voyager. And I, of course, I've seen most of Next Generation. I've seen a lot of Voyager. Oh, they also have Enterprise, the Enterprise series on there mm. too. And I've seen all of those, but I never watched the original series. And I actually decided, you know what? I'm going to watch. So I added them all. Of course, now I'm hooked. Now I'm going to be with them for a year. It's going to take me or more. It's taking forever <laughs> to watch them all, but. I've started watching the uh, original Star Trek series, and man, this is it's a good show. I am like surprised how much I'm enjoying it, and actually how funny that that it is. Um, so I've really enjoyed sitting there watching it. When I'm done, I'm gonna go right into probably the next generation and watch that again because I used to love that show. Um, so I think I'm going to stay with the streaming for quite a while <laughs> because I'm kind of stuck now with that, but. Um, the disc based, I think I'm going to hold on to until we get the official flip and see what happens. But I'm actually going to be canceling Gamefly, I think. Um, I'm kind of. It kills me because there's like a couple games I want to try. There's like two games that's coming out um, by the end of the year that I want to try. But I'm like. And I don't plan to buy them because I'm buying so many. But I don't know. It's like I want to get. Like Jane's Advanced Strike Fighter and Batman Arkham City, and and that's like really it. And I'm like, do I really carry GameFly for that long? For two games, yeah. For two games, because then I probably by time you know, uh, for three months I could buy one of them. <laughs> so it's like maybe I'll cancel it and buy Batman Arkham City, <laughs> you know? Because I know I can't I can't rent Arkham City, you know. Um, in a in a in a red box or anything like that because you can't play enough of it in a day to you know to get everything out of it. But mm-hmm. so I, I think I'm gonna end up canceling GameFly just because I got so much coming out that I'm actually buying for once. Um, and it's just I can't justify keep spending. I've got two games sitting here. I'm let me pull them up. These things have been sitting on my desk. They, they, I've opened the envelopes. I've never put them in. What is it? What do I have? I've got Wet. Um, Oh boy! What and is... Transformers War for Cybertron, they have been sitting on they have been sitting on my desk for like I think close to a month, and I've never put them in to play them. And I'm not going to. I got Gears 
for the next week. Then it's Rage 3. Then it's Forza 4. So these guys are going back tomorrow, and I'm just going to shut the account out because it's like it's a waste of money. Both of those are good games. I like both of those. The War for Cybertron is probably the first really good Transformer game, but uh, you let me know when you want to play it. We'll play some of that online too because that's a good co-op fun game. I just can't see myself getting into them with all this other stuff. So I think what I'll have to do is I'll I'll send them back and I'll cancel. And then maybe after uh, December, come January, I'll I'll, I'll come back to them. If Netflix, uh, we'll see. Maybe Netflix, though, will have games. And uh, I'll just get them through them. But uh, if not, I'll come back to Gamefly. But it'll be curious to see. What I really want to see is if, if Quickster can really impact Gamefly at all. And if we see price drops or, or anything. Um, now, Gamefly stated that they're not concerned about Quickster because they're going digital. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I've seen your digital offerings and I'm not impressed. So unless Gamefly can get a, an app on the Xbox and allow me to rent digitally, then I'm, I, you know, I may not be back. <laughs> so, but anyways, um, do you guys have anything else to add about Netflix, the Netflix deal, or GameFly or anything? Not myself, really. I've never, I've never rented from GameFly, so um, I've always um, purchased the games that I wanted to get, and then I trade them and do and get another one. But um, I'm kind of curious, since I'm on Netflix, to see what happens with the Quickster and how it impacts what I'm streaming and how it works. So uh, it should be interesting. I'm looking forward to see how it all pans out. The most I've heard of talk from Quickster is uh, the Quickster Twitter profile picture of Elmo smoking drugs. And I've heard that since that's changed, but I just heard all about that Twitter profile for Quickster. But that's about it. Oh, nice. Nice. Isn't that some guy who had the title already? That yeah, uh, I think he, he still he does. And he was looking for like a million dollars or something like that, or more, for them to, to buy it from him or something like that. Squatters, probably. Yeah, and that's just crazy. And he's like, then he wants a part of the business and stuff to go along with it. He, he, just because he owns the name, I'm like, oh, that's just crazy. Well, maybe they'll change the name because the name is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, these companies need to know. Get your domains, get your Twitters, get your Facebooks, get all that stuff signed up before you make your announcements. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's common knowledge nowadays. Make things a lot easier. So, Quickster already sounds like a Flash type superhero name already. Like, like Quickster. <laughs> Quickster. <laughs> it's the Quickster. Oh my goodness! All right. Well, I think we've. Uh, We've been rambling on for a long time, and we still got our after show of Gears of War 3, which I know we're going to be talking for a long time. So uh, we're going to skip the Guinness this week. Uh, I want to jump into some forum questions. And if you guys um, – actually, if you guys go to our forums, go into the This Xbox Live top section questions and suggestions, and go to the Do You Have a Question for Your Host, which I, I know Mud is very familiar with that section – I don't know. <laughs> we got looks like we only got two questions in there, but if you got we'll uh take turns, you guys can read those. Um and while you're getting there, I wanna read we got an email 
came in this week. It says, hi, long-time listener, first-time writer. I agree with you guys that Dead Island is a great game. I have 105 hours played, all of which was with my friend and family in co-op. The game was great, and I don't regret buying it, but when 75% of my friends who own it have their 50 to 100-hour save files corrupted, you question whether or not to keep the game. I personally sold mine on Amazon for 40 bucks, and most of my friends traded theirs in for Gears 3, all because of file corruption. I plan on buying a second installment if they make one. Will you do the same despite the bugs? Have you traded yours yet, or do you want to because of the bugs? Thanks, PJ. Um, PJ, I've still got mine. I'm keeping it. I love the game. Um, yeah, the, the, the save file corrupted issue. Um, my understanding is they put a patch out that supposedly addresses that. So it should be good to go. But, you know, um, I haven't heard anything about it since that, since they patched it. Um, Techland did did actually, and this is one thing I'm gonna I'm gonna give credit to Techland. Uh, their support is horrible. Uh, those guys are idiots. But, um, and I say that because of my personal experience. When I write to them and I have to select the box, it says Xbox 360, and they write back and tell me how to correct the problem on on my PS3, and and that there's a a second patch coming out for the PC. I'm like, uh, what part of the very subject line it says Xbox 360 in my whole statement about being on a 360, don't you understand? And when I wrote back to them, then they just wrote back to me and said, oh, the patch should be out. And then um, <laughs> we did eventually get a patch for the 360, which supposedly addressed that. So those guys are horrible. But I like the fact that the company has DLC they're working on. They actually took, they stopped their DLC, took those guys and put them back on this patch to fix these issues. And I think that's kudos. You know, as much as we complain about companies, we also want to make sure we recognize when a company does the right thing, they, they delayed, you know, they delayed p- potential financial gain to ensure that the game that was already released, the fans had, um, is working correctly. So, uh, PJ, I understand. I would be furious. I had 105 hours. I was, I'm surprised I didn't get mad. Mud was there that night because Mud and I both had the same thing happen to us when when we yep. lost our games. And um, I can just fume and throw stuff and scream and holler and cuss and you know. And I'm really shocked that I didn't. I think I was just I was in shock actually. I think I was just kind of like, no, this didn't happen. You know. <laughs> um, I think I just signed off. I just quit that night. I'm like, I'm going because I don't know what else to do. And But then Mud's like the next day, oh, come on, let's just start over. <laughs> and I did, and we burned right through it. So We um, were zombing, slaying machines. Yeah, the, but the game wasn't so much fun. There's no way I would have started over. Um, but uh, supposedly they fixed it, PJ, so... Um, you may want to look, you know, when you're done with your gears and all your holiday stuff, I say, go back, go back to the game. I will definitely be going back to it. It's going to be a while, I think, before I get to it, but I'm definitely going to keep it. I'm definitely planning to go back. I want to get my character to level 50. I want to get, I want to get my four characters through the first act. Um, there's, I want to see if I can get a thousand gamer score on that. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, there's some things I just haven't been able to have luck with, but I'm going to try it. So um, it's a great, great game. All right, gentlemen, uh, you guys in the, are you guys there? Yes. Yep. 
All right, Dark, you want to take that first one from WT Buffs 87? This is from WT Buffs 87. What do you guys think of Netflix or Quickster starting to rent out video games? Do you think it's a desperate attempt to get back lost subscribers? And would you consider subscribing to the service if it is reasonably priced? Uh, I would say, um, sure, I'm not really subscribed to Netflix right now, but if it's reasonably priced uh, and it's better than Blockbuster's 25 bucks a month, uh, sure. I need to say for myself that uh, as I am with Netflix right now with the streaming, I'm curious to see how the Twix Twixter lines out, and um, I may pick it up um, um, to, comp- uh, to go along with uh, Netflix and see how all that works out. But like everybody said, it depends on how it's priced, so we'll see. All right. Yep, um, I'm with it too. Uh, we'll see. I think it's a good idea, so um, I think they should have done it a long time ago. All right. Let's move on to the next one. Go ahead, Mud. Is it my turn? Yeah, you can take that. All right. Dream 4181. Hey, guys. I've been a long-time fan of the show and just want to thank you all for the great entertainment you provide. Before I ask my question, I just wanted to explain how I ended up losing my original Xbox and Xbox 360 during my rage moment with Ninja Gaiden Black. That's the first, I think, clue right there. It's Ninja Gaiden Black. There is a female boss you have to fight in what I think is a church. She's extremely hard, and they have a cheap way of giving you a disadvantage. The camera angle changes on you rapidly after attempting, after attempting this boss battle 50-plus times in a row. I threw my wired controller, and it landed on my Xbox and cracked it open. Sad smiley face. Sad space. I decided four years later to try my luck and finally beat the game on my 360. My younger brother was bragging about being a better ninja than me. I was finally able to beat that boss. But the final boss of the game was event was even harder. So after learning a hard lesson on my original Xbox, I was now wiser. No throwing anything. I instead decided to jump up and down in my apartment living room until my vertical Xbox slammed on its side, scratching uh. my game disc and getting an honorable red an honor and horrible red ring of death. Uh. So now I don't rage anymore. I just go to the shooting range and just release steam. Happy smiley face. I'm rage free now. Sorry for the long story. My question is that why don't why we don't get Microsoft Studio games like GW3, Gears of War 3, Forza, etc. on release day on Xbox Live for download? I hate having to wait for my Amazon delivery or standing in line at GameStop for midnight releases. Well, that's an excellent question. No, um, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think we just kind of talked about this a little bit too um, about what we like to see in the future and the, the possibilities and that uh, depending on people's broadband and being able to do um, digital like that you could have everything and kind of set up and stand and buy in a cloud and then be able to uh, draw on it like it on live that might be a, a future potential or maybe something in between something with a, a standard uh, disk but it's just not there right now. Uh, they do minor stuff like XBLA, um, which some of those are are kind of big, but still nothing to rival that of Gears of War or, or even Rage, for that matter. Um, so that could be something to come in the future days. Well, I think the one thing, too, that uh, the reason why we're not seeing them on a release day is that if you think about it, 
when you're watching TV and you see an advertisement come up for Gears of War, Rage, uh, Forza, a lot, a lot of times, that is a GameStop commercial. Okay? So those the GameStop is is does not want you to buy it digitally because that cuts them out of the loop. So they have deals, you know... Microsoft can't just say, well, we're going to put it on day and date release on that digital download because then they're going to lose free advertising, basically, from GameStop because GameStop's not going to promote something that you can't solely get from them. You know, I mean, obviously, you can go to Walmart and stuff like that. But if you're going to be able to cut out the retailer, you know, then you're it's just not going to happen. Uh, there's a lot of free advertising, a lot of marketing dollars coming from these retailers. Um, and that would disappear with digital downloads. So that's why you don't see them on the on the date. At least that's probably one of the reasons why. Um, but I think eventually, if they want this, you know, when we get to that digital system, then everything's going to be on release day. So, but I don't know. It'll be interesting if you have 10 million people wanting to download the latest Modern Warfare 3 at midnight. What kind of impact, what kind of servers are you going to have to have? To, you know, you're going to have to be able to pre-download that stuff ahead of time because you just, it would take you probably a week to download it, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know. So the on-live system, too, though, that, that kind of runs similar to that right now. That they're, Is that new or is that, that's been out for a little while? It's been out. It came out this year. Um, yeah, it, it's um, or it was the end. Maybe it has been a year. I mean, maybe it was the end of last year that it first came out. Uh, and they may have hit a year now. Um, I don't know anybody that's using that. I, I'm kind of curious to know how that works for everybody because it kind of runs all online, same lines as Steam and being able to download your stuff, right? Um, I had a free yeah, account with them, and I haven't been on it in a long time. I I don't pay for anything, but I do have a. I've got, in fact, I got their launcher right here, but it was always kind of older stuff. And I've I've popped in there and I like watch other people play Borderlands and stuff like that. But and hmm. you can see it and bounce around and watch the games. Um, but I've never played one on there. It's just you know I, it's a PC game. I so I just I never and you have to pay for them. Yeah. So now it's changed a lot since the last time I was on there, and there might be some free stuff. I have should probably go check it out and try it out and see how well it plays, but. Um, I might have to do that before our next show. Try out an on-live game, but uh, and see what's out there. I they think a, it's all streaming. That's it, how right. they play. Yeah, because they have a console now too, like a um, a miniature console that kind of hooks up to your TV set that you can um, select the games through stuff without having to use your computer. Right. Uh, and, saw, yeah, and you get a you get a the controller and they're actually doing with new game releases. So there are new game mm-hmm. releases that that are coming to that service. I do know that. Yeah. I think uh need for speed to run. If I'm not mistaken, I think you can get, if you buy that game, I think you get, you can get uh, the microcontroller for free. Oh. If you buy it from, but I think it's, if you buy it from on live. Yeah. And I think they're doing that with a bunch of new games, where if you buy it from them... But the thing is, is you don't get a digital copy. No. And if you cancel your service, then you don't have the game anymore. And that's kind of the... That's where the whole thing comes in of, why am I going to buy something? Then it goes back to that, you know, if you're doing a cloud-only type of thing, and you buy something, then if, okay, well, I decide I'm going to go to the PlayStation 4 and not the Xbox 4... 
then you know it's like now I don't get those. I don't have that anymore because I've cut my service off. Even though I still yeah. have Xbox 360, if I quit Xbox Live, then I can no longer gain access to those games. Same with on Live. You don't have them because it's not a physical copy. Yeah. But it's like if your service runs out or night runs out but just goes out for technical issues or whatnot, you have no access to anything. Right. Um, so there's that definite downside. I'm, I'm just curious. I have not heard anybody. I just really started hearing about it more now than I have in last year. And I was curious if anybody is using that. And, you know, these are little little glimpses of what may come in our future. Not exactly the same, but um, the potentials are out there. It wouldn't surprise me if OnLive ends up being purchased by, like, Microsoft or something or yeah. or Sony or some of these guys that, you know, you know make this move um, just to get the resources and, and what they already have. But we'll see. It'll be uh, interesting. Uh, okay, so I guess that is it for the forum questions. Um, I did get uh, – I wanted to make a quick announcement. Um OGT unit posted in the off-topic section of the forums. His wife has put an entry into the Gears of War 3 art contest. So he's asked for people to check out the link. It is in the forums. So if you click the link, you'll see her artwork for Gears of War 3. And he's requested the views and comments um, and, and to help her out. So uh, he requested if uh, we could make a, if he could do that. So he asked us for permission. I told him to post it in the forums and I'm throwing throwing the shout out on the podcast too to let everybody know about it check it out if you like it uh definitely um you know vote on it and uh give them a give her a boost i thought it looked pretty cool i thought the the, the artwork was pretty neat so good Same job oh, yeah okay cool so you saw it too looks cool so uh ogt unit be sure to tell your wife she does great work <laughs> um last thing we got here is uh google voice from a uh, someone new, someone we haven't heard from, from Blind Buzzard. So um, let's let him take it away with his voicemail. Hey guys, uh, Blind Buzzard, uh, Xbox Live. Um, question for you: um, As you know, Gears of War three dropped. Uh, great game so far. Uh, my question for you is: With other games coming out, yeah, your Call of Duty's got your Battlefield. Um, all of these are really team-oriented games. How do you guys go about or recommend somebody going about to kind of weed out the friends list or get new friends without having to sort through all the trash that comes from my wading the waters of Xbox Live? Uh, that's my question. Any website concerns or any friends requests, like I said, Blind Buzzard, Xbox Live. Appreciate it. Later, guys. All right. Thanks, Blind Buzzard, for calling in. Um, I don't know, guys. This is a, he, this is a good question. Um what do you guys do when... Okay, so Battlefield 3's coming out. Let's go with that. Battlefield 3, Call of Duty's coming out. Are you guys going to weed out your friends list? Uh, you know, do, how, how, what recommendations do you have for him to kind of weed out his list and find good team-oriented players for those games um, in, in preparation so he's not stuck playing with just randoms? <laughs> oh, well, you know I'd say... Yeah. You just delete everyone off your friends list, get everyone <laughs> from the community, because we're all great team oriented, and you're solid. You stole my answer. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, he's already here. If, if there's any one thing about um, the Sex Life, it's the community. So 
Uh, he just needs to add everybody that's on the, the part of the participants. And I'm sure he'll find plenty of people playing those games when they come out. Yeah, I was going to say remove everybody and then only add people that are in this community. But I figured that would be kind of a, might be a biased opinion. So I'm glad you guys said it. Flying <laughs> um, <laughs> Buzzard, you can, you know, you can shoot me a, a friend's request. Um, I will definitely, I'm playing Gears. I, uh, I'll, be, I'll be playing Battlefield and I will be playing Call of Duty. Um, I won't be doing probably the multiplayer in Call of Duty. I'll probably try it out, but I don't. I don't plan to do a lot of it. I didn't with uh, in the last couple, but I definitely will be doing the campaign, and and I'd be up for some what is it, spec ops and that type of stuff. Um, but yeah, shoot me a request, and then you can always check out my friends list, and you know hit up uh, hit these guys up and other people on my friends list. So. Um, we got a great community. Most people I play with is from the community because these guys are just great. Um, great group of people. And I'm impressed. I just, you know, I've, I've been out there and I say this a lot to you guys, but seriously, this community is awesome. I, we just do not have any idiots in our community yet. Knock on wood. <laughs> you know, I guess as we continue to grow, um, um, maybe we'll end up with them, and maybe I'm the idiot. So maybe everybody looks cool compared to me, you know, from my point of view. <laughs> um, but no, we got a great group of people. Um, people are willing to help out and help you with whatever you want, play what you want. They just and and it's just uh, it's been amazing. I really am impressed, and I really honestly I think that's what keeps me going doing the show because I just like playing with the community. Um, just. You know, if if we just had a bunch of idiots out there that just weren't pleasant, I wouldn't even do this anymore. <laughs> you know, so you guys make it worth it. Um, well, I think even when uh, there's someone that you know, I may be just do a really horrible job or, or something like that, but everybody has fun with it. There's there's no, oh, what the hell are you doing, dude? <laughs> kind of crap that goes along, and I don't get yelled at by little kids anymore. And it, it's nice. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? I gotta, I gotta say as a side before we we go we go off here, because I'm not gonna save this for the last part. We don't forget, people. We're not we're not done. We got a lot more to go. We're gonna end the show here. But if you want to hear our Gears of War three stuff, stick around. It's gonna be fun. All of us played it. But what I'd like to say it, it felt. You know what the best part of Gears of War three was for me for me, Mud. What's that? There was not a single time that you stabbed me or shot me or ran me over or double-crossed me. Um, it, it didn't happen. It was great. It was well, like you just had to go there, didn't you? You just <laughs> had to go there. Hey, this was good. It, you know, this was a good thing. This was a turning point for you, I thought. And <laughs> I felt like we were healing old wounds here. Yeah, you gotta keep ripping the bandaid off. Hey, if I have to keep reliving the grenade, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta. I'm trying to heal my own wounds. <laughs> so no, I'm just, you know, hey. I, I just, kudos to you, man. I appreciate that. You've come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was no opportunity, let me just say. <laughs> All right, so um, that wraps up this episode. Um, again, we will have, uh, we're going to immediately go into our after show. Uh, we're going to give you the closing stuff, but we're going to continue right on to Gears of War 3. So um, if you would like to contact us, you can uh, check us out at thisxboxlife.com. That's our website. We do have our forums there. Um, check the forums out. Um, 
you want to find good people in the community, um, there are, you know, there are people active in the forums. Those, those guys will definitely, you want to add to your friends list. Um, get yourself known out there, get yourself known in the community and not, you know, you may get a phone call or a message, um, or a private chat one day from one of us saying, Hey, you want to be our next uh, gamer of the month? So, um, our, our, our list is starting to dwindle cause we've been going through lots and lots of people and, uh, we've got a few more planned for the, I think the rest of the year is covered, but 2012 right now, I don't think we have anybody slotted. And I think we've gone through a large part of the community who's been very, very vocal and active. So get yourself known, be a part of the community. Um, and you might just end up being a gamer of the month. Um, Email us at contact at thisxboxlife.com. Visit our YouTube and Facebooks and Twitters. They're all the, you know, they are youtube.com forward slash thisxboxlife, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Zazzle, uh, we, if you want to buy merchandise, T-shirts, uh, you can get them from zazzle.com forward slash thisxboxlife as well. Uh, follow us on Twitter, I said. And if you want to call us, leave a voicemail. Get, you want to hear yourself in the show. Want to tell your friends, check it out. I was on a podcast. Send us a voicemail at 224-698-XBOX. That's 224-698-9269. And if I'm not mistaken, I think you can make phone calls through Gmail, uh, through Google now. So you might, if you don't have, uh, if you're out of states, you're in Europe, uh, see if, check out Google. I think you can actually call through your computer now to that to a phone number. Um, so, and that is a Google number, so might even be free. With that, um, I'm Mark, a.k.a. Wingman709. I'm signing off, short, kind of, sort of, but not really. <laughs> I'm taking off to go talk about Gears of War 3 in the after show. <laughs> and I'm Mudtastic, and I'm looking forward to talking about Gears of War 3 in the after show. And I'm Doc the Fender here. See ya in the after show. All right, everybody, that was good enough pause. Um, if you're still with us, we are we are not going to necessarily intend to spoil anything, but we are not going to gag ourselves. We decided for us to have a proper discussion of Gears of War 3. Um, this was the best way to do it. So you guys got to listen to the podcast and didn't get anything ruined. Um, we may ruin something. We may put a spoiler in there. Um, I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk about a big one. Um, um, so if you have not completed the campaign, um, and you do not want to get anything spoiled, stop the podcast now. Do not listen any further. Okay. Just don't risk it. Uh, you can always come back and listen to this part after you've completed the campaign. Um, if you don't care, um, then by all means, continue to listen. And, uh, we're going to have some fun gears talk. Um, and guys, I know we've been talking a long time. I thank you guys for both staying on. Um, we can make this as long, as short as you guys want. I know you guys are several hours, uh, ahead of me. So I'm going to leave this up to you guys. Um, whenever you want to wrap it up, let me know. Um, but I figured we'd start out by, we could first talk about, I want to break this up into different sections. So let's discuss the campaign first. Um, and then we can go into horde mode, beast mode, and then the versus mode. And then I wanted to wrap up on what the cluck shot is. Um, 
<laughs> Hopefully, because I don't know yet. I just read it before we started recording, so I need one of you guys to fill me in on that. But, um, Dark, you're Mr. Gears, so I think this is... Uh, I, I yapped my whole head off for the for the beginning of the rest of the podcast. I think it's time for you to take control and just run with it. And you ask us what you want. You 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 run this part. How's that sound? It sounds good. Okay. Well, Let's start this off. What did you guys think of the prologue? The dream sequence. Bizarre. <laughs> I didn't know what to think of it. I knew it was a pro like a a dream sequence. I read um, it before, um, but I didn't know what happened and stuff. Uh, as soon as like I seen like the corpser come out, I was literally in shock. I I could kind of not really feel like I was reading. I was just like, oh oh crap! I, this is amazing. <laughs> like oh my god! I was like such in shock. And and how exactly does? Because I know in, in, in Mud, I'm going to ask a question here because I think it fit in with our campaign. So, and maybe this prologue part, this would be a good place to ask. Um, Comrade actually asked me, she's like, how did it end? How, tell me the story of Gears because I don't plan to buy it. You're not going to spoil anything. And I'm kind of like, mm, I'm not as versed on the Gears universe. And a lot of what kind of was going on, I'm like, man, I just don't understand. The story is cool and I, I get the kind of overarching main you... points but i don't get all all of it maybe you guys between the two of you could give like a rundown of the gears storyline of what this whole thing was all about because i don't get that dream sequence i have no idea where did that take place was that just a dream and it was nothing or was that like him reliving something or because when he came out of it he still thought his dad was dead yes so I don't. I didn't get that. I'd say it was a little bit of both. Uh, they, I don't believe they haven't said anything like this particular event in the four novels, to my knowledge of memory. Um, it's basically they. You may recognize the map as Escalation from Gears One. That's where. Their house was in the campaign as well. That's their yeah. Marcus. That's the Phoenix estate. That's their house, their mansion. Right. And it's where I guess they went. Him and Dom are getting his dad after they left battle to save him. I don't know what he was doing there. I don't remember. Uh, I think it's his like doing some lab work or something or getting some files. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, yeah, yeah. as you've seen. The King Raven, that's the helicopter, got shot down, hit down by the corpser or one of the locusts, and it crumbled and supposedly fell on Adam Phoenix, and that's where it ends with Marcus screaming dead. So, I mean, and you have to, uh, the book Aspho Fields, that's the right title for that. That's, that's the, the lead yeah, the first one, which kind of gets into um, Marcus's relationship with his father some, as well as you kind of understand, too, um, he's known Dom for a long time. Dom and his family were very much um, – Marcus lived – or not lived with him, but were, were, I mean, since they were kids, 
um, that Marcus had a very uh, a strange relationship with his father. Uh, and his father was very much dedicated to the cog and to the to his science and what he was doing, but also believed he was he saw things ahead of time. And we finally kind of get a glimpse of that within the Gears of War three. And and uh, I think some of the things that happened in Gears of War three came to how I see it from the books and, and from what's there kind of wrap up or, or pull tight, clo- tightly close some of those things that are run through the books as well as through the, through the games. I mean, the games are focused around action and I think you get a little bit more of the, the feeling or the, the insight into the relationships and what's going on by reading, reading the books, the fiction that that's been written about it. It kind of helps because each book's kind of before or right in between games and stuff like that and kind of fills in spots that have, that have occurred. And that's one of the reasons that, like, Wingman, you and I were, we were playing, and we're in the city of Char, and I was like, do you do you know what's going on? Because to me, that was that was a very powerful thing to be in, to, to be there, because when when they actually, one of the books go, I think that, I don't remember if that was Asphalt Fields or not, if that was another one, when the book talks about when they're getting ready to do this to their cities, when they're yeah, getting I think ready it was to... Jacinto's Remnant, I think, I think it was Jacinto's Remnant. Yeah. So when they're when they're talking, I remember Victor Hoffman. He's the general guy. Uh, there's a very powerful point in the books where him and his wife are arguing because he kind of explains to his wife what they're going to do. His wife won't leave the city that they're in and is going to get hit. And his wife is one of those one of those people that they that they know they're committing or they're going to level these places and they can't evacuate them. And that these are the remnants of, of these statues. I think to me, I was like. To see all that in a video game format, in, in, in the detailed pictures, and to be able to actually crumble the uh, stand, I was, I mean, like, wow, this is, I cannot believe what I'm seeing here, um, and be able to participate in it and, and see what's going. I was, I was really taken aback, and that's why I even said to you, I was like, do you know what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> do like, you see this? <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> I don't get it because <laughs> I didn't. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I was really into it. I mean, I, we were playing, and I was a lot of stuff. And like, and I don't know we'll talk about it later, but I mean, certain events that are going on. I'm like, wow, I can't believe that just happened, or we are doing that. And and I mean, how do you think about it, uh, Dark? I mean, you've read the books too. I haven't even read the last book. I still need to go back and read that one. And I don't know what they talked about in there, but uh, and the ones I read before this, I think. There are things that are alluded to, or uh, that are really kind of pulled or finished off in in, in, in this last game. Um, yeah, I think the the books and with the added story of Gears Three, um, it ties up pretty much uh, to as full effect as you're sat- very satisfied with. Like the books are written by Karen Travis. She writes a lot of like like game books and sci-fi books and stuff like that as she also wrote the gears three storyline so it's even more since that's why a lot of people felt more emotion and stuff like that through gears three rather than the past two because she has been with these characters she's pretty much established their emotions more and their past events and stuff like that that's why she i think does uh such a great will job with writing the story for gears three and kind of tidying up the loose ends and f- answering most of your questions i like, mean all, yeah the all whole driving the, force right i mean about finding his father 
yeah. the fact that he sacrificed everything, his military career and everything like that. The reason why he was in prison in the first game to find, get and save his father, the fact that he's back now and the whole driving element behind that. I, I understood that. I was like, wow, okay, we got to find him. This is important. Yeah. <laughs> uh. The books do like an, an amazing job with with the tying between what happens between the games and their backstory as well. They have like every other chapter is present and backstory. Like the first book is between Gears One and Two and introducing their characters. Like Bernie, actually the Hoffman's like girlfriend that you see later on in the campaign uh is introduced in the first book which is is actually like a big fan service to bring her in because she's been in there pretty much since the beginning Mm -hmm. and their backstory for the first one uh i can't remember exactly what it was i want to say it's probably dealing with the hammer strikes as well it's before oh no i think it's oh it's a the pendulum wars story with where marcus is with carlos and yes and their relationship and how that ended and then jacinto's remnant is right after they're taken off to put on the helicopters and the ships after sinking jacinto and their backstory is the hammer dawn strikes that's where hoffman and that's where you get more backstory on Hoffman, how he tried to save his wife because she went after her sister in a different city and she eventually died. So, and then Anvil Gate, that is more backstory on Hoffman and you kind of get into the mind of, of Baird in that one and see how he's not really a, like a jerk and smart alecky comic guy. He actually cares like ma- mainly about Cole because he's been with him since Dave started in service of the Cog, and the backstory is of Anvil Gate and Avon God from where you're in the story with Hoffman and Bernie. The Hoffman has been there before, and this is what he hates going by because he basically cheated his way to win that war because he turned his back on the UAR, which is the Indies, which is their opponents or enemies in the Pendulum Wars, and that's pretty much how he beat them is by surrendering, but then he cheated his way and pretty much like blew up and put on fire Anvil Gate and killing them all, but he also lost Sam's in the Sam Burn in the game. Her dad is also Sam Burn, and that's how he died. And then he'll eventually like tell her how her dad died because she never knew. And then Coalition's End, which is the recent book, is about also after how <clears throat> they lived after Anvil Gate and Jacinto's Remnant. It's still time between Gears 2 and 3 where they're living on this island, Vectis, which you, if you watched the previously on Gears, 
thing. She mentions the the island. That's where they met. They actually went there in Anvil Gate, but this is where they met people that were completely shut it off from society pretty much after the hammer strikes. They haven't even witnessed the locust ever before. They could never get there because it's between water and the locust couldn't go under there. So they never heard of them before. They never seen them until the cog got there. And then that's where the Lambits start coming in and taking over that area and screwing everyone over there with their farmland. And they survived since that 15 years since E-Day. So it's like some crazy stuff. And then the backstory for that one is, um, uh, I think it, oh, it's a backstory between getting you everybody's initial thoughts on E-Day after, is like everyone's setting up to where they meet each other. I guess like it shows Bernie. She's old. She's coming back from the Pendleton Moors, and she is all war, like war oriented, and she wants to go back, and she can't because she's on the islands because she's an islander. And it shows how Cole and Baird met when they first joined, and Cole's backstory how he has been in thrash ball for five years, but he's been like the best. He's one of like the hall of famers already. And it shows, um, I don't think it shows really much on Mark. Oh, it shows Marcus and his dad a lot too. Um, I think it's in this one or Anvil get, I can't remember is where, Adam Phoenix is more of a soldier. Like he's, I don't know if this was in the comics or not, but he said like Adam wanted to be a soldier because he felt like he wasn't doing his duty because he didn't want to go and sit in an office while his other fellow men were dying out in the Pendulum Wars and and because uh, of locusts and stuff. So like, it's like a whole like another level of story that you get from the books, from the games, so you feel more attached to the characters. Well, what am okay, cool. So I think uh it's funny as you're talking about that I actually just went and ordered the first book on it from Amazon. So <laughs> I'm like, you guys are like so into it. I'm like, you know what? I, it's, you know, I've never really been one for story and stuff, but it's like, this one was like, made me wonder, like, you know, when mud's like, do you understand what's happening? And I'm like, uh, there's a bunch of ashen people here. Why? You know, I'm like, okay, there's, this been war. I don't know. Some people are mad. They're tearing the planet apart. I don't know, but it's just, you know, it's made, but this game's made me want to know more about the backstory. It's funny. It took the third one to do it, but so I'll get all caught up for sure. Um, but, uh, so campaign thoughts, what did you guys think of the campaign overall? And, and what, what was the standout moments? What, what, did you not like, you know, if anything, um, I gotta, you gotta, we gotta say it, uh, act three, chapter five, brothers to the end. It's probably one of the greatest things I've seen to me personally in game that I literally started 
like bawling because of this. I will just go ahead and say it. Dom sacrifices himself to save everybody um, and to get their mission go on because they're getting overwhelmed by Lambit and Formers, which are human Lambent. So they're just getting overrun. And Dom gets in. He's already talked to Maria, gave his cog tags. And another moment, which I thought was perfectly done after I finished the campaign, when he gives Dom gives his Marcus his commando knife and doesn't say a word, just finishes yep. off. And Dom gets in the truck, goes away. Dom and Marcus are talking over their radios, saying, "What are you doing?" Get back here. You need to come back. And Dom just ignores him. Talks to Maria on his way back. Tells him to get out. Tells Maria. Says, never thought this would end up like this. And then he runs in and destroys the plant. And Mad World instrumentals playing. It's just amazing. Yeah, that was the part. And I wrote in my review that I really liked that they tried to... They really tried hard, and they did it in the second game, to do that emotional impact, pull you in. And I, I recognized that they were really trying there, but I told Mud, I'm like, it just didn't do it for me. To me, it was like they tried too hard. And, I mean, I thought the whole – the lead-up was good, but then it was just kind of like afterward with all the slow-mo and the music. And I don't know. I was kind of like, oh. Okay, let's let's get back to killing. You know, <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah. it's, I, it's like I completely uh, I completely like uh, understand that is because I th- I really think that Karen like wanted people wrote this really a lot for the people that read the books because this is a really a big transition between stories of Gears 2 and Gears 3 since there's like a year in the books and then it's 18 months after the books. I think one of the things that took me by surprise too, um, and I I, in, I really enjoyed the sequence and, and, and what happened and I was I was on the edge of my seat and, and, and watching it and I was really into it. Um, I think I was surprised that it happened as early as it did. I thought it would be something more towards the end of the game, you know, I could see him because he's lost everything and see him sacrificing himself. And I even thought to my, I even thought that to myself, but uh, when it started happening, you knew what was going to happen and, and, and how things were starting to lay out. I was, I still was saying to myself, Oh no, Oh no, no. <laughs> no. And I was like, now Wingman's going to blame that on me because he's the one driving the truck. He's going to pull hey, that's, <laughs> that's right. I, didn't I, was, do I was playing as Marcus at point. So, or I mean, You're uh, Dom. As Dom. I was playing as Dom. And so I still play. got killed uh, for you, didn't I? <laughs> but I was so, I mean, I, and I guess it goes back and we, we keep talking about the books and, and, and the things that, that, that kind of get st- there's there's information in there about him and his family and I mean he was a loving father of two children that um, uh, died on e-day and uh, and then all he had and then I mean he had his he has friend his good friend Marcus um, but then, then he couldn't he was I mean all two that side story being him looking for Maria and thinking, I mean, there's a lot of time before that, too, that where he's constantly asking people, trying to get people to help him find her and, and search for her. And then he does find her. And it, it turns out as bad as it did um, that this was kind of a, 
a big relief of pressure that was building for him. And there was a very um, poignant moment where he's at the gray side of um, Maria's family and stuff where uh, he kind of talks to Maria through them, through their, through their grave. And it was really, I thought it was really pretty the way they did it. And uh, there's been times when I've noticed with the music and even uh, seeing the wingman, there was a, you know, towards the end of the game too. And these particular moments that you really use the music really well to enhance what what's going on i'm like oh look there's the music again and and you know you're really kind of getting into it and i could feel it pushing me along and um and, and and flowing with the game flow and i i really enjoyed how they how they did that uh with with especially with dom's scene and, and what he was doing i could i could sense it there and i really enjoyed that yeah i liked the thing like in gears 2 i was more moved by dom's th- having to kill his own wife mm-hmm. you know <laughs> see that's i mean if i'm recalling right didn't that's what he had to do right yes, yes yeah yes. he killed her. okay make sure i'm i just want to make sure i'm not talking out the side of my head or something but yeah when when he had to do that i mean it was just like i think and i was telling mud about this i was really moved by that and and you know he he made the point of well it's probably because you know you're married and you you have a wife and kids and you think about it and 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 I was kind of moved by the whole point of him saying, I, I'm sorry I couldn't bring you home, that he couldn't bring her body back to be buried with the family. And I thought that part was, you know, that whole part there I thought was good. Um, and then it, with me, it was just kind of like, I kind of felt like, and I think it's because of the disconnect with me from the books, like you guys had, with with, you know, where you gain the whole understanding of, you know, not only Marcus, I mean, I didn't realize, I knew these guys were buddies, but, you know, no, nah, I didn't know they were from, you know, growing up together. And that's why I didn't understand, you know, his father seemed to be really kind of moved by the loss of Dom, too. And I was like, why is, why is his father, you know, how is he part of it, you know? But, you know, so I think that's why, it, to me, it felt like it was pushed. Like, they at that point, they were m- trying to milk it too much. But I see now with you guys talking about the backstory that, yeah, this is, you know, that's the point of all of it. And I, what I do like about it is that they're pushing this sh- this shooter game. It, 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 it kind of almost makes it more of a movie, more of a real entertainment product than just sitting down and blowing holes in people. You're really getting more of a story. You're really getting a feeling for these people. And now you you end up getting a vested interest in them beyond the game. Whereas you, like myself, I was like, I kind of want to read this now. I want to hear what you guys are like. Oh, these are great. And and how it enhanced your gaming experience. And, you know, I might have to go and check this out. So I really think that the people that don't really like take a tone to the Gears Three story is because of the such transition between the first two games of story not really being there really emotionally, I guess you could say. Like from just being like a, a bro shooter now to becoming this like story that you missed out on from the first two. Right. Okay, so you made a comment just now made me think about a bro story. The one thing I did not like in the campaign was, okay, now let's have these buddy moments. And every Um, one of them is, 
help, I need help opening this door. And I'm like, why is every shooter game out there now have these buddy moments and it's always opening doors? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, these guys are huge. They can't open a door. <laughs> Come on. Come on. It's so stupid. And it's like, I don't mind it in the one time, but it's in every game now. And it's like, yeah. I really felt... Why did these guys have to stoop to that? Why did they have to cop out and put that in? That was completely unnecessary. And I, I you know, and that, I dinged them for that in my review. If you yeah. can call a five, I rated it five out of five. If you can call that dinging it. Um, <laughs> it it's, I think it's the first game I've ever given a perfect score to. Um, but not that I do a lot of reviews, but um He's just kind of like, come on, you guys, you guys have done so great. And it's like all of a sudden it's like you fall into this, this, this formula that everybody else was doing. And, and that, that bothered me. It's like, oh, get, you know, you guys are above this type of stuff. So um, it's petty, but at least I'm, you know, <laughs> recognizing what I didn't like. <laughs> yeah. But um, now I haven't done four player co-op. Have either of you guys done that? No, not yet. How, how does how did that work for you, uh, Dark? Did you enjoy having the additional two pay people? Um, I think they make it tougher, and it's like it's tougher, but it's still fun. Like they bring in it's it's not like Halo, for example, where you just have four Master Chiefs. You have Four actual characters that have a story that belong there, really. So I feel like it it adds to it. You're still strapped for ammo. You're still searching, the sharing ammo, switching weapons between characters is is uh, great ability. Um, it's still tough. The more I think, the more characters they add or co-op people. That is the more enemies, I think. And I think it, they do a great job with it. It's definitely a change of pace from two-player co-op, but it's still a lot of fun. Yeah, Mud and I still need to do our four-player co-op. We're going to do it, but we decided we're going to do it on Insane. Um, yeah. In arcade mode. Oh, okay. Because uh, I started co-op four-player co-op with two people on normal one on hardcore and me and insane the two people on normal that didn't really understand like co like uh that i was on insane and they didn't like really understand how tough and how much of a difficulty hike it is instead of getting down do you die and we were playing normal standard campaign so you as soon as like the polyps would blow up in front of your face, uh, you're dead. Uh, you're you're screwed. So it definitely, I think it may have been too much of a difficulty hike. But I can, I guess, see where they're coming from. Where you can have people, three other people playing casual, and you playing insane. They you just kind of stick back a little bit. And I never knew about this arcade thing, so I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Yeah, my understanding so we, is okay. that you can play the four-player co-op on Insane, 
in the arcade style, and then you can actually spawn in kind of like Halo 3, where it's like, I think as long as someone's back far enough or in, then you can spawn in. Now, I don't know if that's correct. That's just what I heard. Have you tried that, or is that, do you know if that's true? Uh, I haven't heard it besides from one of our other community members. I think Fairpower has said it when we were playing Horde or something. So it it could be. It's a very big possibility that it could be. So I'm definitely looking forward to testing that out over this week. What were you going to say, Mud? I know. I was, um, I was, I'm looking forward to trying that and seeing how it works. I was going to ask it if you were playing on Insane and they were there and you got killed. Did you guys have to start over then from the next yeah. from the last checkpoint? Yes. Ah, so that, I imagine that was irritating. <laughs> yeah. It was. Yeah, because I noticed that when when so as one of the things even on hardcore when you or me died, um, Wingman, then we we had to start over. So even. We didn't have an opportunity to move forward or anything like that, so that's something that we have to be careful on. Hopefully the arcade will help to um, alleviate that and make it a little bit more uh, possible for us to complete it. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we'll just have to be careful on who we pick to join us, Mud. <laughs> <laughs> it's people that yeah, definitely they're... definitely know what they're doing and can heal and... <laughs> but, uh, so. If I yeah, haven't I completed think... it yet... Um, you can definitely hit me up. There you go. We should do that. Uh, so what about, um, I guess my question, one of the things that, that I found the best, they introduced some interesting, I mean, with Lambent, it's a whole new different um, bad guy creature thing. Uh, I've seen a, seen a little bit of it in two, but not to this degree um, of the way they've changed. Is, is there any one particular bad guy that is your, is your favorite or the one that freaks you out the most? For myself, I'd have to say it was the former, the former uh, human people who became Lambent. They are just crazy. I literally, I dreaded every time I started seeing them running out of places at me and stuff like that. I was, um, I was on the edge of my seat and trying to find some place I could defend myself. Um, you mean you mean the zombies and gears? Yeah, the the the, the, the zombies. The zombies. They brought it's, zombies into Gears of War. That's what they are. They're zombies. <laughs> it's the island all over again in Gears of War. No, <laughs> they're, they're the humans with the lamb. And yes, the the, the the zombie type folks. Those things sucked. <laughs> they weren't. <laughs> they they're not my. They're not the worst. They're not the ones I hate the most. But man, I I'm not looking forward to those on Insane because they're awesome. so fast. And there's so many of them. Yes. Yeah, that was definitely one of our harder points on four-player co-op. We're all on hardcore, to my knowledge. And that part right before you climb up the ladder, when you first like meet the crazy guy before you meet him, mm-hmm. uh, that part was grueling. Where there, There's the Vulcan right there. Like We were all pretty much strapped for ammo. We were all very low. Uh, the we had you know the people on Vulcan, and then it was I don't know it was just tough. Like there's so much of them, and when you're strapped for ammo, it sucks. <laughs> well, I think to go along with that too is um, 
it took I know it took us a number of times to get through a hard sequence with the the lambent berserker, but that oh. was I love that. I, I, I didn't care how many times we restarted it because oh it. dude it was, we, we were on that for what it, probably an hour yeah it was uh, that was the like neatest that. most awesome sequence I think I've ever played against a boss a boss creature it was yeah. tough it was tough and but I think my 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 ones I don't like the most and they, I guess they're not as bad in the campaign but I hate them in horde mode is the gunkers. Oh. I cannot stand the gunkers. Yeah, they only really show up in the beginning when you're playing as Coal Squad in the I'm kind of glad. Yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, I don't think we saw them what more than maybe twice. Yeah, I think you saw one at the end of in Azura. There was. Oh yes, and in Azura. Yes. But they didn't show up very often, and that was nice because they had that sniper fireball for some reason that's unerringly accurate, and oh. uh, I was constantly dodging that. Yeah. Oh. I like the bad guys though. Those bad guys are uh, the lambent. I like the way they shoot out of the water and they land on the ground, or they even during horde mode when they kind of shoot up out of the ground and they 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 they're they're spawning and stuff like that. The, it's a really they're a lot of fun to fight. They're, they're a really neat bad guy. I've enjoyed playing playing against them. I also love when the the drudges transform and <laughs> they take place in either the head snake person or the ones with the multiple arms and just spit the emotion at you and you just burn. Oh, so creepy and just awesome. <laughs> what did you guys think of the? Um... The submarine level, because personally, I thought it was awesome. I loved the look, and I was telling Mud when we were heading to the sub, I'm like, dude, I really hope we get on this thing and we get to do some kind of battle on the sub, and we did. What did you guys think of it? Go ahead. The the, uh, landscape was like just beautiful like underwater um that's definitely a tone to take is the the graphics in this game are as top-notch the the look of everything is uh high a plus 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 level and it's that's definitely not um not like a differing thing for going underwater have never seen that in the gears universe that was definitely like a different tone that I loved a lot. Like it was great. All of the like, it, it, just like you said, but it's not like some games you go underwater and it's just like, okay, I'm underwater. There's no like rippling of the water. There's, you know, you felt like you were underwater. If I had goggles on my face, I was underwater. There, you couldn't, you know, there wasn't a clear definition of the objects and stuff like that because you were underwater. And then listening to people talk, too, they had that sound where they're in, inside something that you, you have that re, uh, reverberation or whatever it is that when people are talking in closed spaces, you sound like you're underwater. It wasn't clear tongue chatter or anything like that. It was, and it was awesome. It, it's a, such a neat environment in, in that particular instance. I just, I, I can't wait to do it again because it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, there was clear, like, 
broken down cities and buildings even underground that they did amazing detail on and the fighting was also awesome like you can't get away from those like the creatures i didn't like you seen the creatures in like a shadowy thing in the war pigs trailer and you see the submarine and you but you don't get the full effect unless you actually play it and it's astonishing yeah, it reminded me of at one moment, moment I did tell Mud, um, I feel like I'm in Star Wars, the Phantom Menace, <laughs> with that with that big sea creature chasing us. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. it, it was so much fun. It, it was just, um, it, it was it was exactly what I was like hoping for. Just it went beyond it. So I was so happy to because it was a different style too of the gameplay you know it just it changed it for a little bit you got something different you got to see a new environment um which like you said they they just did a tremendous job of uh recreating the underworld uh it was something you hadn't seen and and speaking of something we hadn't seen before i think that the color tones and palette that they brought out was so much better i mean i mean there's there's times that you're like almost squinting you know when just because it's so bright and sunbeams yes and it was like you never see this before and it's like man you, you know uh it, it was just nice to see color for once instead of the, yeah. all the darks so and it was beautiful i mean the game was just beautiful to look at so. definitely well i think we should probably move on do you guys have anything further on campaign thoughts or do, do you uh, does anybody uh well, we did call spoiler alert, anyways. So, um, the whole ending. I, I gotta, I gotta say that um, in our campaign, I missed about a third of the way through. I see a dude in a mask get his arm ripped off, and he's pummeled to death with it, with his own arm. And I could have swore it was Carmine. And from that point on, <laughs> from that point on, Carmine was nowhere to be found. And I remember telling Mud, I'm like. Was that him? Did he just die? And uh, and Mud's like, I don't know. It looked, you know, it was, you don't know, you don't know, because he's got the helmet and uniform like everybody else. And and I'm like, well, that was, I would think if it was him that they would have said something. There would have been it more exactly. And I'm like, so maybe it wasn't. But we kept playing, kept playing, kept. He never showed up again. And I'm like, yeah. And I know we were like in Act Five, and I'm like, dude. Carmine's dead. That had to be him. <laughs> and then Mud, what happened? Oh, then of course, uh, you know, when you're in the big fight and, and you're you're and the the last chapter and everything, and he comes flying in on his helicopter, um, laying down uh, aerial support with the uh, um, with the Indies, I believe it was, wasn't it? The uh, King Raven. Yeah, the King Raven. And uh, it was such a cool moment. And one of the things, too, that uh, you and me kind of laughed about was that because there wasn't there a bullet shot at one point that bounced off his helmet or something like that. Yes. Yes. And it's like they played with you. And I thought that uh, was awesome. I good love thing how I had this, this on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I thought they I thought they were going to do that like through the whole game, which I thought would have been hilarious. But I do think the way it ended up with me thinking that he had his arm ripped off. And then he was dead because it just left us wondering, like, you know, what happened? <laughs> so. I Here's my take on it. I, you know how they did 
the save Carmine, Carmine must die. I think that may have been where he was meant to die if he didn't get the win for that charity campaign. Like, they they guessed it up where Cole says, watch out, Carmine, and he's like, whoa, and the car flies in front of him, and then where the stranded shootman slides off his helmet, he's like, geez, Louise, and then good <laughs> thing I'm wearing a helmet. And then I think that's where he was supposed to die, but he ended up being a fan service. So I like I switched over to playing him on the multiplayer, and I love it when he says because he helped to kill something. He says, "Who's expendable now?" Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so I never played him in multiplayer because he's the red shirt. <laughs> he's yeah. always. I mean, I always die, but you know. Uh, but it was it was pretty cool um, to see him come in. But yeah, the and, and the whole point of him, you know, good thing I had the helmet on. The comedy in this game was the writing I thought was so good. I was laughing so much during this game. It, mm-hmm. It's just the writing that I really enjoyed it. There was really a part good. between I like the banter between Sam and Baird a lot, like. There's part where you could switch between who goes where. Like, um, there's a catwalk and you're like underground or something with the locust when you're with Cole's army or his squad, and you pick one way. And Sam doesn't go on the catwalk, and Baird's like, "Yeah, she's not really fit for a catwalk. Like, uh, she would be a model." <laughs> I like the one where he's like. If when they were about, they thought they were gonna die when oh, they were they falling fall down. down a bridge or something. And he's like, if you expect me to, if you think I'm gonna say I love you or something, well, you're wrong or something. I mean, it was yeah. just, you know, you get this buildup like, you know, and then he's like, nope. He's like, I really, <laughs> really don't. Yeah, it was just, it was so good. Oh. I think that's one of they had some really good writing, and then it was, it was a lot of fun. You find yourself really trying to listen to what they were saying and what was going on. In between the sequences, because it kind of it, you got that camaraderie, right? You got that these people have been fighting for a long time together, that they're really comfortable and they've got each other's backs, and um, you you felt that, you know, if it wasn't real, you you wouldn't get the same enjoyment out of it. And I think they really kind of they did an outstanding job with it. The writing was was really excellent. And I'm looking forward to listening to it again, actually, to, when we go through the insane level. To bring back Carmine again, um, to finish off, I guess, his part of the story, uh, when he's there fighting, giving support, and he's like, oh, the cavalry has arrived. And then yeah. he's fighting everybody. And then he goes after the Tempest and the Locust Queen. His mouth is crazy. He's got he's got a mouth on that one. <laughs> he's like, oh, you, you B-word, you uh, mother effer. Like, geez. Yes. <laughs> he's, he really well, hates this queen for killing his whole family. And then he gets shot down again, right? He The whole helicopter explodes and he crashes yeah, he's down. Like, it. That's, like, that's the last time you see him. He's like, oh, we're on fire, we're on fire. And then Marcus, <laughs> I think he's like, oh, Carmine. And then that's all you see him. Like, you're like, oh, he's dead. That That was it. Sucks. And then, of course, <laughs> then you beat the, the campaign. Let's let's talk about it right now, I guess, since it's before his time. Um, that The ending, what did you guys think? The fighting part or the actual gameplay part or the actual story part? Um, let's go on both. 
all three. The gameplay, gameplay part sucked. That was just that was tough. It took it took me and only man a couple a couple tries. Yeah, a lot of tries. <laughs> and then when we had it figured out, it just took forever. Yeah, to do it. it just so kept I'm not coming back. Forward. I'm not looking forward to that on insane. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm really not. I think if we do with four players, I'm gonna find some place to hide. And I'm going to walk away and let the other three people finish it. <laughs> yeah, if, if you're not in cover, and this is just on hardcore or normal, if you're not in cover when that Tempest is lighting its like, sun-powered powers, uh, you're down. But on Insane, you're you're dead. You're fried. Like That's going to be tough. Yeah, at least yeah. It, at least we did it on hardcore. So we, we've got, you know, we're kind of prepped. I mean, we've had some exposure to... I think to what to expect. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad we didn't do it on the easy mode and then going to jump to, to insane. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, you know, you can hide behind something, but when she starts throwing the Theron guards at you and they're starting to hit you up uh, from oh, the side yeah. and you're trying to dodge the, the light that's coming down at you as well as trying to take out Theron guards. But if you don't get her off, she then starts climbing the main building that's going to shoot off the wave and you got to protect the building so we can get the wave off. Uh, if you don't get it off, it, we, me and we, man, we did it we, for a while. We just focused on the Theron Guards, and we failed the objective because uh, we actually saw what happens if we fail. And uh, we're like, okay, well, we can't let her stay on there for too long. We got to shoot at her. So then we're trying to balance out who's shooting at her and who's shooting at the Theron Guards and trying to um, work it out. It was tough. It was a really tough sequence. What happened when it failed? Because uh, I don't want to brag or anything, but I got I got the tempest off the machine. But you said you found out what happens if you fail the mission. Did did like everyone turn lambent or something? So what oh, happened? Just, just, oh, go, go ahead. Oh no, that's all right. No, go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so she gets the the, the the thing gets through into the machine that uh, the Doctor Phoenix is working on, and it explodes. And um, Phoenix. Um, uh, Dr. Phoenix is like vaporized instantly and stuff like that, as well as like a number of people that are on top of that island area and stuff. And it says objective failed. Oh, okay. Well, that's crazy. So, yeah, it was, it was, at least they have it. See, one of the things I liked about it too is that when they had multiple, when you, multiple phases of boss fight, I did find the checkpoints were helpful. I, yeah. there was, there were certain levels with her that you got through and that if you made it past it, you hit the checkpoint. At least you didn't have to restart all the way over at the beginning because it was so long. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate the fact that they had they had some checkpoints there, so we weren't going back and redoing things. Yeah, yeah we'd be still be sitting here doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get to a James Bond moment, it'll be all over. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But the gameplay was, you know, it was tough. But I, I mean, me and Wingman, we got through it. We found a, a way to kind of work it out. And I think uh, I'm not. It's going to be really tough on Insane, I'm sure. But it, I'm, I'm sure it doesn't seem impossible. You know, none of the stuff so far I've seen. There's been really tough, some tough fights, but um, nothing seemed like, oh, how, I don't know how we're going to get through this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I think. Like, that Lambent Berserker and, and the Queen at the end, I think, are really the only two that I'm really concerned about. Because yeah. that Lambent Berserker took freaking forever, too. Yeah, yeah you're going that... outside this time, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, let's go on to the ending, the whole ending sequence of the cinematic era. Where they... 
destroy the Tempest and the wave goes off and their conversation between Marcus and Adam where Adam's like, no, I've, I can't go. I'm going to die. Look at my hand. It's all swollen. I'm going to explode. And then Marcus Dude. is like, oh, no, I'm going to, I'm going to carry you. I haven't seen you in 15, 14 years. Um, I've missed you so much. I loved you. We're going, let's go. Dude, that I, I was like stunned because all of a sudden he just turns to ash and his head falls off in Marcus's arms. And I'm like, I'm just like, dang. Man. I was just like, and the only thing that Marcus catches are his tags. Yep. I was like, oh, my God, that's crazy. I wouldn't be able to imagine in a million years anything that to that extent no. to happen to my family. Dude, that was hardcore. That one was just, Wow. <laughs> I mean, it was shocking just the way he just turned and it's like his head fell. You know, it was just like yeah. it was it was almost very like graphic, you know, and yeah. just like because graphic because can you imagine if that was you? You know, I mean, you you almost felt like his pain and just how are you going to recover from seeing that oh, for, for the rest of your life? And think about the nightmare he had from the start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From seeing his dad dying from the king raven falling on him yeah it it was it was that was just wild real intense i was not expecting it yeah at all well you think you know he's been gone you for several games now you played that you know the father's disappeared or he was killed and stuff like that and you lost him and here in act three you lost your best friend or your brother that you 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 that the that you when you played with you know and then the game and stuff like that, Dom, Dom has been with you for all three of these games. He came, saved you out of prison and all that stuff. Um, and here he dies. So the last thing I was expecting, you know, it was, okay, you got a balance there. I say I lost my brother, but I saved my father and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, there's a balance there. And then when he dies, I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> this is this sucks. <laughs> I feel bad for Marcus. And I could see... Why? I mean, oh, this, he would fall to his knees and he'd be holding those cock tags and why it leads up to the where it does too at the end with uh, Anya. That's just, I was like, wow. I, I was I was amazed by the, the turn of events there. Yeah, I was thinking, thank God for that he had Anya. I'm like, oh, if she dies, dude, she, Marcus is over. He's, he could commit suicide right now and I'd understand. Like that—that's a lot to take in the span of 24 hours. Also, like they tell you the time of the day, and yeah. all this has happened in the span of like two days. Like, geez, that's a lot to take in. It's an amazing amount, and I, you know. And I guess kind of moving a little bit to the the, the final scene and stuff is that um, I'm glad they didn't go super cliche with um, the last scene them being on the beach and stuff like that after everything is said and done. Oh, we're skipping kind of, we're oh. skipping the Queen Mirror part. Oh, that's, oh, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. Okay. Um then Marcus's dad is all the ash and then <laughs> here here she comes right under this giant bug smart talking her de- his dad after he just turned to ash. He's like, 
your your father has been an idiot. He never knew any answers. All he knew is how to make killing weapons with the Hammer of Dawn, the singing of the Shinto, and now getting rid of the Lambent has finally killed him. Your father is finally dead. And then Marcus stabs her right in the stomach, says that's for Dom, and everyone else you killed, you bleep. And yeah. that, I thought that was insane. And, and it was Dom's knife, right? Yep. Yep, he took it out and showed it to the camera, kind of. You didn't really say it was Dom's knife, but you knew it was Dom's knife. And I thought that, like, hidden kind of thing, not spoken, was, I thought it was a mo- that was awesome. That was awesome. I, I just, you know, wow. I'm just thinking about it again. I'm like, I gotta go play it again. <laughs> yeah. Check it out. But I liked how they did. I'm glad there wasn't another boss battle. That's why I was afraid. I was like, "Oh, good lord, are we going?" Because when she's crawling out from under the bog, and I'm like, "She's oh, all good lord. beaten up it, and she's bloody." Beaten up, but we're going to have to do another thing where she's running around beating the crap out of us or something like she, that. She turns to Lambent or something. Goofy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was afraid. So I was like, "I'm so glad they didn't do it that way." And it was it was much more um, a cool storytelling element yeah. than it was um, than a game. That you really saw some. A neat closure that, that occurred there. Yeah. Now I got a question. It, it, why is she? Is, is she human? I, that's what I want to know. <laughs> that's that's the really the biggest question that they have not answered yet. Um, I know that there's gonna be Karen Travis is another book coming out next year around March oh. that's called The Slab, and it's supposed to be Marcus's time in prison. And I'm hoping they have like a flash forward sequence or some telling story between because, you know, from Adam says that and the queen says they known each other before E-Day even happened. So they've been talking, I guess, like over. I don't know if they do it over the phone or what, like they're underground and he's up above. Like, has she been above before? Have she seen the world around her? And then the Lambent invaded her underground, so they came up and wanting to take this beautiful world above them? Or, And why is she human? Did she go down and decide, hey, I see you guys, I'm going to rule you guys, or what? Like, How, how did this even happen? Because you don't see... Her skin is smooth like a human. She's not... She can speak English... It's not sounds like a monster, so like what's the deal here? That's the only thing they haven't said. That's pretty much the biggest thing, like ever. I, I was waiting. Be honest, I was waiting for them to come out and find out or something that that she's Marcus's mother. <laughs> that's what that's what I thought. Like as soon as they're talking about that stuff, like how he knew, hit he knew the queen before Ida even happened. I was like, oh. God, please don't say that. Oh, the queen is Marcus's mom. I was like, oh, jeez. Marcus, you are my son. I am your mother. <laughs> no, no, this is impossible. Then he cuts his. Then he cuts her hand off, or she cuts his yeah. hand off. No, I'm sorry. Oh, wrong story. Yeah, it, it's. Um, I've always wondered why. <laughs> why is she human? So. Yeah. But um. Okay. So we got anything else on the campaign? The wave, the wave comes and destroys all the Lambent, all the drones, all the everything, destroys everything. You see Hoffman and Bernie come like 
hold each other and be all happy. And then you see a body laying down and a helmet just, like, floats by. Oh, yeah. See a hand pick up and puts it on and starts waving at the camera and then goes and helps up a body from the King Raven, supposedly. And you're just happy that Carmine survived. <laughs> that was so funny. And you know it's Carmine, too, because he's got painted on the front of his armor, Grub Killer. On the front of her, and so you can see that it it is Carmine, and that's just the coolest part. (laughs) I was laughing so hard, I was like, "Yeah, Carmine's alive!" (laughs) I was like, I was dying laughing at that part. I was like, "Oh, thank God, one of his family survived, and now he can go on and create some more Carmines." Uh, I was like, "He's rock solid. I'm changing him to my multiplayer right now." Oh, my goodness. And then you see everybody coming downstairs from uh, the Azura Tower or whatever, and everyone's greeting in arms, and Marcus just starts ripping his armor off and walks down, sits on a rock on the beach, and then Anya comes up and says, it's all right, Marcus, I'm here for you. And he's like, what have we got left? There's nothing left to live for. And she's like, finally, we have it tomorrow. And then it pans back. And you see everybody looking at them. I was expecting them to kiss because, you know, through the books, everybody knows that they like each other and they've never done anything about it. I was expecting them to kiss and then it would be the end. I was like, oh, that'd be perfect ending. But this one, I think, was more non-cliche and a lot more better. Well, I like yeah. how he takes her hand, right? He takes yes. her hand at the end. And you can see he actually, because they always seem to shy away from each other. Or yep. whatnot, because it is always the battle that came, kind of came first. But in the end, she gave him his hand, gave her, gave him her hand, and he took it and he held it. And that when it panned away, and I was like, I really like how they set that scene. I really like how they they kind of close that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was waiting for the old lip lock scene too, and I'm glad they didn't because I thought this was a lot more considering what just happened what they've all been through, uh, him losing his best friend and his father. Um, I think it, this was more, this showed more emotion because she was just there, you know, and just, you know, held him, you know, this big burly man who can do everything. It's like, she was there to, to comfort. And, and, you know, I think that showed the love between them more than, you know, it's just not a moment to kiss, you know what I mean? It's just, it, yeah. it would have made it, like, I think it would have ruined it. Um, and, I, yeah, they did a great job. So it was it was a perfect ending to a game. Um, it was really good. They've actually known each other um, since the Pendulum Wars also because Anya's mom was this big war hero person in the Pendulum Wars, and she died just the same time that Dom's brother died yeah. and that's when she I guess became the desk person and then eventually transferred into the battlefield because there was no desk positions at all so cool cool it was good it was just it was all over good <laughs> Really liked it. Really, uh, it's not just liked it. I, this is the best game that I've, I've played in a long time. Uh-huh. Uh, I know we've had Dead Island and Warhammer and stuff like that, but I'll be playing this for quite some time. 
Um, and uh, it would probably be, I, I can't think of another game even coming out that I'm going to say this could be, would be over my game of the year. Oh. All right, Dark, what's next? <laughs> All right, let's head on over to Horde 2.0. Yeah, because I think we need to. We probably need to get rounding up and kind of wrapping yep. up. Um, <laughs> everything up. We're going on five hours. Money. What are you talking about? We're going to beat the achievement out. That's right, we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So okay, go ahead, Dark. Okay. Um, overall opinions, Horde 2.0. You, it's like kind of a defense-based system now you got waves of people coming every tenth wave is a boss wave you have like savage corpsers you got brumax you got berserkers you got lambert berserkers you got reavers you got gunkers gunkers you got like just anything big in the campaign that you faced that isn't really a boss thing you can fight as a boss wave and And it's not just them it's it's even then the big guys become boomers and Grinders yep. are all in there at the same time. Oh, and, it's, and it's lackeys. not just one of them. <laughs> it's multiple of them. Yeah. And, and Dark, I, was that, wasn't that you and I in that match when we hit, we did complete wave 50? Where it was just you 40. and I were the only two. No, this was wave 50. Because oh, yes, it was just was you and 50. I were the only ones left alive. And we were fighting the fourth gunker yes. on that wave. And, that and was, you, you finally were able to distract him, and I was running, and everybody's yelling at me, get the mortar, get the mortar. And I'm like, all of a sudden, no. I see this mulcher in front of me, and I'm like, darkly dead before I get across the map to get the yep, mortar. I'm, I'm I, down. I also, up the wing. I also suck at mortar firing. I'm like, there's, I'm just grab the mulcher, and everybody's like, no, no, go get the mortar, and I just start unloading, because I know this this thing had had a ton of lead put into it, and yep. it we took him down, and, and Dark was still alive. He hadn't was, died. He was I down. Was down, but not out. And so I was the only one left alive. <laughs> And it was insane. We had to take, we took on four gunkers on that wave 50 on top of all the other stuff that was thrown at us. It it was just intense. And one of the Mm -hmm. coolest moments that I I will always remember that. And then another thing I was surprised that yesterday night, uh, Mud joined my game of randoms and it was a, Wait, what was it like wave 20 or 30 and yep. it was me and a, and like a couple other guys um uh, in mud and there was a brumac coming out and i was on the turret just t- taking them out everyone else was fighting everybody else and then i ended up getting downed right as i'm killing the first one and then somebody comes helps me up i go out and hide because they destroyed my turret and then I see another one pop around the corner. I'm like, oh, my God, I've never seen this before. Two Brumax, what am I going to do? I'm by myself. I'm stuck here in this corner. And this guy's got rockets. This guy's got, like, gauntlet arm cannons. I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is tough. And then everyone else sees that, I guess, and then starts taking every, taking them out, too. And then I, like, shoot some more, and then I end up killing him, but then I die. I was like, oh, my God, that was amazing. <laughs> there's a there's lot that, of those moments in this game yes yeah. there are a lot of cool moments like that that you just gotta and, and you, uh, it's it's a lot of fun 
I think that's probably what I played the most of right now is the Horde mode. Yeah, I was. Uh, I I mean, I loved Horde um, in Gears Two. In fact, when Gears Two came out, that was the very first thing I played. Um, I had we went through then the first night, first night uh, we went through all fifty waves, and I did that before even starting the campaign. And I put a lot, a lot of hours into that game in Horde mode. And I've not been a fan of versus. I just I suck at it. I'm no good at it. But I absolutely love Horde. That's my favorite part. So I was looking forward to this as well. And this was one of the biggest things I wanted to do. And it was the first thing I played. And I just can't. I never imagined they could take something as good as it was and make it so much better. And it, it's just wow. I, I could I could not go back to Gears 2 Horde mode now. There's no way. <laughs> Just, mm-hmm. It would be boring, I think. I'm interested to see after so many people retook that Horde mode and put it into their game, how many people are going to take Horde 2.0 and introduce the fortifications and stuff into their game now. That's going to be crazy. And it's, it's, it's kind of addictive, too, because I found myself, um, as I earned money to buy fortifications... Um, yes. Whether it's it's uh, it's walls or barware, I like being able to upgrade and then seeing what stuff I unlock. Because each thing, so if you got fortifications, you got sentries, you got decoys, you got the silver bag. When you buy it, when you use it and you purchase them, it increases. You get kind of kind of an experience with using it, and then as it goes up, you level up. So like right now, I have a level eight fortifications. Uh, so it's cheaper for me to fix the fortifications and that unlocks the silverback and the silverback is very expensive, but the more I use it, the more the experience level goes up that I can upgrade it to bigger and better weapons and things like that. That part of it is very addictive because I keep finding myself, okay, I need to spend money on decoys now so I can try to get that sentry gun and I want to improve my sentry gun and stuff like that. So let's spend some more money on that stuff. Um, or somebody buys a silverback, you try to make sure that it sticks around because that that thing is important. So I'll go over and I'll see who's using the silverback and I'll give them I'll, I'll, I'll spend money to help repair it uh, because it is, it's expensive to keep running. Uh, and you'll find yourself using money to help each other to do kind of stuff like that as well. And that's just it's a blast. It's a blast to work cooperatively in that fashion. Um, and there's a lot of neat stuff that you can use and add to the game. Indeed. Like, I see myself broke a lot in that game. I just want to buy everything. It's like, oh, there's fortification. I want this one, too. I want this one. I want this one. Like, you want it all. Like, oh, I don't have any more money. Somebody come buy this. (laughs) Like, you just want everyone to buy everything. Well, I've seen people who just kind of hold on to it. And I'm like, why do you hold on for it for it? Use it. Because when you got a mauler that's coming up, and he could have just strolled into your base. Instead, he's fighting his way through a barbed wire fence or electrical fence. That's, that's awesome because I'm just shooting at them, killing them at before they can get in. Uh, it's perfect. It's great stuff. Any, have you guys got anything more to say? What about you, Wing? Um, no, I think it's great. I think I've covered everything. I love it. I'm going to be playing that for many, many, many months. <laughs> so... Anything more you guys say, Mud? No, no, I'm good. All right, now I'm moving on to Beast Mode, the new mode where you're playing as the Locust characters, 
against the cog and the stranded. Now this is to only twelve waves. It's more for getting to see how fast you can complete it rather than if you can complete it at all. So what do you guys think? I love I it. <laughs> what do you think? Another Mark? Yeah, no, another great thing. I it's just I like the uh the layers to it that they do. You start out with lower level folks and then as you earn money and you earn kind of a uh, a percentage and once you've completed earning that full percentage of that 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 layer then you get upgraded to the next level of bad guys that you can purchase and be and stuff and you have to um it, it's a lot of, it's really enjoyable I, I just you know beating on the cog and, and getting through the defenses and stuff um it, it it can be a lot of fun and you can be very strategic about it if you had a team that was working together some people taking because some bad guys, some of the locusts that you can be are better at taking down fortifications than other ones. I like being a little ticker dude going up and taking out the fortifications so people can get through um, or swallowing a grenade. I like the wild tickers and then running off with a wild grenade and blowing up on somebody. It's, it's just there's a lot of different things you can do. With being, I don't know if you guys didn't try to be a serapede. Those are those are interesting. Oh, I uh, love the, being those. Are a lot of fun. Those are cool. <laughs> And I found out that I, I suck as a berserker because I was yeah. a berserker once and I just could not do it for the life of me. I'd suck so bad at it. Uh, I see a lot of people like being on there, like amazing, like taking everybody out. But every time I decide to be a berserker, I run in and everybody suddenly has scorchers and stuff and takes me down. I'm like, <laughs> come on, this is amazing. And then you kill me. Here. And they're expensive. They're like $5,600. Yeah, they're expensive. They are fun. I I did one once, man, and I just I just obliterated everybody. You know, I I never died. Um, I took down like all their all their berries, just running through them, just knocked everybody out. It, it was cool. I'm like, this is sweet. But I do play. I tend to play as a. I love the tickers. That's my favorite. Just running around as that thing is just cool. I I just I. I know I, I I like those. I like playing as the Cantus, so I can heal my guys. And I love that um, the centipede thing. That thing is that'll tear everybody up, man. <laughs> those are my favorites. I love the mode. Yeah, I was just saying. I think the Cantus is probably my favorite. I like that that healing one that he's got. And I always like the Gorgon pistol, which is improved with this game. The Gorgon pistol is it's like a little submachine gun now. Um, it's a, that's a good character. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the the wretch. I just like to jump over barriers and then get all the guys in cover and just start wailing on them. And then I'm a big fan of the the maulers. I, just, I don't know, like I like that flail. That flail is pretty pretty sweet. <laughs> and then the corpser. I love his cheapness of where he can just take out all the fortifications uh you're getting shot up uh just go underground you're healed up get out start wailing on some more people and some fortifications up you're starting to die get underground you're healed up you it's just so cheap but it's so like fulfilling <laughs> i haven't tried that one yet it's I awesome i'll have to play i'll have to play as a corpser so it's cool because it, it, it could have been a mode that initially I thought, well, this would be one of those that's just tacked on. It's not. They they definitely – it's so much fun to play. I was really surprised how much fun it was to play this mode. 
I didn't yeah. expect it to be that fun. One of my favorite parts. <laughs> I think it feels different. It's not just horde mode. It's, they did something different with it. And it, so there's a, there's a different layer. Of, you're not doing the same thing with just the bad guys. Right. Um, the whole time aspect, you can really get into leaderboards and ranking. And you can actually issue challenges and stuff like that to um, beat some ice time and stuff. And uh, you could you could have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Anything else more you guys want to say on Beast? Mm-mm. Nope. Okay, now we're on to Versus. This is uh, not a lot of people's favorites, but it's there, it's big, and what do you guys think? Not my I think favorite. One of, not your favorite. <laughs> 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 I like Versus. I like do it. There are people out there that are much better at it than me. Um, I do adequately. I'm holding... Um, uh, KD ratio of 1.0 right now, so I'm not horrible, but um, definitely get taken out. Uh, the thing I think is going to force me to continue to play it, I, I like it. It, it. I mean, I actually find that it, I think people are easier to get down now than they were before, um, and there, I don't see as much wall bouncing going on. Um, so it's, it's, it's a little bit easier to compete. Um, but the medals, if you want to get the medals, you have to, for the weapons and stuff like that, that all has to be done through the versus mode. The um, There's only certain metals that apply to Horde and to Beast mode, but all those guns and things like that, I want to upgrade them. So, like, I got bronze medals today on Sawed Off and um, the Retro Lancer. So, if I want to get my Onyx medal in those weapons, I got to play the versus. So, I kind of wish, I wish the kills from the other game modes applied to the, to the weapons. Um, I can see why. I can see why they didn't. Uh, I mean, as part of the game mode, they're they're enhancing it. So, if you want to get this, you got to do you got to do this, jump through their hoop. But um, it's tough, and uh, I enjoyed it. I, I, I play quick matches. I do not. I tried ranked, and they were. I never even got a kill. I, I was usually dead by a shotgun before I knew it. Um, so that that worked better. So, or didn't work as good. I like the quick matches. They 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 work pretty good, and yep. they're all. They're fun. I mean, they're all the same. I, I don't know anything different from what was in Gears of War 2, right? I don't know the new mode. Um, there Some of the modes are kind of combined, like Team Deathmatch is new. Yeah. And King of the Hill is a mix of Annex, where as in, in King of the Hill and Gears 2, you just took a ring and sat there for the rest of the game until you won or lost. And but now they've added Annex and King of the Hill together, and now you don't even have to sit in the King of the Hill like the circle point, circle. Yeah. and you can just go in there and capture it, and then walk out and kill people, and, and then as soon as all those points go into your little pot or whatever, um, it moves like in Annex, and then. Capture the leader is Guardian and Submission together where you have to capture the enemy's leader, whether it be Prescott or Queen Mira, and you have to capture them. And like in Submission, you have to capture them for a certain amount of time, but now you don't have to go to a certain point. You can pick it up right there, and it already starts counting, and that's that's what they did to changes. Okay. Very good. I enjoy it. I, I'm enjoying it. I've seen you playing it some. Yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, it, it's a it's a different mode. And I, I'm part of me is that desire to get that seriously 3.0. So, you know, I'm just going to continue to press on it. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely not for everybody. It's a lot. It's a lot of least favorite mode for a lot of people. But I really I think this whole seriously 3.0 change up where you have to get to level 100 and you have to have onyx for every metal is definitely going to be a big grind it's going to be fun but it's going to be a grind when you get to those last medals that you don't really want to do but you got to do them to get all the achievements it's yeah. gonna be a lot I won't be doing it. <laughs> <laughs> the, I mean, and it's just because I'm just no good at the game. Um, yeah. I, I think I do. I do pretty good when horde mode. Um, several times I've been the the, the kill leader, um, and you know I like that. But when I get into verses for some reason, and I just cannot play. I don't. It's like I don't get the. It's too fast. Everybody moves, and it's like everybody. My experience the other day when I went through and did all the versus modes, I tried them all. It, it was everybody's rolling around with a shotgun. You know, they roll and roll and roll. Boom! They stand up, bam, and you're dead. And it's just like this kind of reminds me of Gears Two, um, and that's just why I don't like it. It's just, and it's just me. It's not, you know, it's not the game. I, I don't, I don't blame the game. I don't blame the people playing. I just can't compete at that level. It's just, you know. Yeah. I think Horde's a little bit more slower, you know, and, and it's more of uh, what I can do. So, uh, I mean, I love it. So, I just kind of, I will probably be avoiding the uh, yeah. verses, unless we're doing a Friday Night Life and we're we're with the community. I definitely don't mind playing against the community and doing that type of stuff. So, but that's probably the extent of what I'll do with it. Yeah. Uh, my recommendation would be like, yeah, play with friends because... Um, not all matches are the shotgun sprees. Uh, some matches, the better ones, uh, will vary the guns and go for different pickups and stuff like that. And it'd be more varied. Uh, and the people are not nice, I'd say. Like, some of the people that do talk. Like, uh, a couple days ago, this one guy, like, I wasn't doing very good. I had my mic on because some of the other people in the other matches were talking. And... Then, because I was just playing with randoms, and this guy, I wasn't doing very good this match, and it was team death match, so you had infinite respawns for a limited amount, and I went 6-14 and 14 for four or five match rounds, and this guy's like, oh, 6-15, you should just stop playing again. I was like, I'm glad you're taking this game seriously. Cool. Yeah. So. Definitely play with friends, or if you don't want to hear people talking, create a party and take out your mic and just play for fun. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Okay. Um, overall impressions? Final verdicts? I gave it a five out of five. Um, there were a few glitches in the game. Um, I know when you're in the campaign, when I was climbing ladders several times, when I get to the top of the ladder, my character just kept climbing. I mean, I'm climbing into space. I mean, it's just, I'm open air, and it just kept going up and up, and finally it would stop, and then my character would drop down back to the where I was. But uh, stuff like that the happened. And then what I don't like, and what the one thing I really don't like the most, 
again, it's a nitpicky thing, but I don't understand why they changed the buttons so that when you go to do an execution and you go to hit Y, they've got the connect style of buttons where you have to hold the button and you see it little, the little circle thing go around. Uh-huh. So it's just like when you're having a connect. So I, I wonder if they had connect functionality at one point or if they're planning to somehow put it in later because that I've the only time I've seen that where that little bar runs around where you have to hold the button is always connect. in a connect game. And they, the, it doesn't work here because when you are trying to execute someone, they will move away. They walk away and all of a sudden your button disappears because you're not standing over anymore. And it makes executions really hard. Yeah, I think they well, they said that they changed it up because people were wanting to go and pick up a weapon or go and revive their teammate, but they would end up picking the weapon beside them. So they made tapping the X button picks them up, whereas holding it will pick up the weapon. So if I want to execute someone, I should tap the Y button and not hold the Y button. I think tapping the Y button would probably do the execution curbs or just the regular curb stomp, I believe. I'm not sure. I haven't really tied tapping it. No, it is. You're right. Okay. And then the holding would be the special, whereas you rip your arm off and beat them to death with it or punch them in the face and hit their head off or their special weapon execution. Ah, okay. All right. Well, then that that helps. That is very helpful knowledge. Yeah. So they combine those two together. So yeah, for a quick curb stomp execution, you just tap the Y button, and then if you've unlocked that, you'll get. There's two different. If you hold the Y down, if you didn't unlock your weapon's execution yet, then you'll go through the big punch sequence or tearing off the arm sequence where, and then you'll keep pressing that Y button so you can keep beating the person with it, um, and then taking off their head. If you unlock the execution for the weapon, it'll do that instead. Okay. Cool. Okay, Mud, what's your overall? Um, I've been waiting for a long time, and I've really, I've everything. It, it's more, it's better, better than um, than I expected. And I've been playing this for, I'll be playing this for a long. I played Gears Two for <laughs> for several years too, so. Uh, and now it's the first time I got into it. I had to actually go back and play Gears 1 after I played Gears 2. So uh, it's awesome. It's I've seen 10s. I've seen 5 out of 5s. A lot of people give them high marks. I would give it the same. Uh, I, I, I can't get enough of it. Uh, same here. Um, I had a few gripes like the... Um, like when you join a session in progress, you'd always have to be a Marcus or... A drone, like even if you're just like switching a map for some reason, I guess you're switching servers for their dedicated server, so you'd end up having to be Marcus and or a drone again. Like you just unlock these characters, you really want to be them, but you can't be them for that match because you join a match. That's that's really the only gripe I have, and uh, overall, everything else, the campaign is amazing. Uh, Horde 2.0 is even better than I expected it to be. Um, beast mode is an absolute blast versus, uh, minus some of the community in the gears universe. Uh, it's uh, overall, it's, it's fun and overall together, uh, amazing 10 out of 10, hundred out of a hundred. Go pick this up now. 
and I can't recommend too, and I think we've we talked about this in the beginning that if you if you really like the Gears games and stuff, there's there's two comic books collections out. There's also the books. They all they all apply a, a piece, or they talk about pieces of the, the the universe, and they're really good. None of it's duplicate. It, it, it all has its own place um, within that. And if you enjoy that, check them out. They're they're good, and there is kind of a linear progression to them. So just check and see which ones come in order. Um, and you, I think you'd enjoy it. I mean, it's not it's not Shakespeare by any means, but it's uh, it's good good information about a really kind of a neat universe. Yep. Okay. Thanks for joining us for. Hey, wait, wait, oh, hold okay, on. Okay. Before we go, you got to tell me what the cluck shot is. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Mud, Mud, you want to do this? Well, I know where to find it. I haven't seen what it does. So Okay. Um, go for it. Well, Describe if you want to get the cluck shot, and this actually goes along with an achievement too, um, you go, there's a port where you enter the city of Char, and you'll find all these ashen bodies, um, people who were hit by the hammer at dawn, and they're just turning ash. The key here is when you enter that that city is not to knock over any of those bodies. Um, and as you when you reach a final point, you're going to meet Aaron Griffin. Um, before you get to him, and you're walking through his building, there's a room on the right which has bars on it. You'll see weapons in there, and a woman will say, "If you did not knock over one of those ashen bodies, she'll say something along the lines that, oh, okay, you're not so bad after all.'" And she'll come over and she'll open the door to the weapons room. You walk into that weapons room and there are boom shots and variety of things. And I actually saw this when I was in there today and I was kind of looking around, but I didn't think to pick it up or go after it. But there's this big chicken. And uh, if you grab the big chicken that's in there, it will give you the cluck shot weapon. I have no idea what that does, though, yet. Huh. What is it? Do you know what it does? Okay. Um. There's a little bit more to that, but uh. Okay. I don't, the video I watched said you had to do all of this on insane, whether it be you or somebody else in your co-op party. Um, okay. You have to shoot that chicken. It'll like blow up in like little like feathers or something will blow <laughs> out, and then you go on to do your regular mission in the story, going to get some fuel and. You have there's these ammo crates like everywhere. You have to going and you can't pick them up because there's this like scripted event thing where that ammo crate will disappear, like it'll fall off a ledge, and and Marcus will be like, oh darn it, or like oh, I really needed that and stuff like that. And then eventually, I think there's like ten or something, not like ten, but like I want to say five or five to ten different ammo crates that you have to like push over the edge pretty much and then eventually this like little contraption of ammo crates will fly up with the chicken on top and it'll like poop out these boom shots but they're called cluster shots and you shoot them out and they're chickens oh my gosh <laughs> that's so crazy I don't, and they'll give you enough for your whole squad, so no one's fighting over it. So, all right, we got to do that, Mud. When we go through. Gonna we got to do it. We got to find the click shot. Yeah. I haven't experienced it myself, but after I saw that today, I was like, I got to see this. There's also a couple other Easter eggs um, where 
uh, I don't know if you guys seen this uh, in the playground when you're as Cole and his squad, Cole can actually climb up on the playground and slide down the slide. And he'll go like, whoa, and slide down the slide. (laughs) And then there's another part where, like, Cole will find these trash ball, like, baseball caps. And you can wear that. And, like, he'll he'll wear them in the campaign, like, cinematics and stuff. And carry it throughout the missions. This little hat. And then... Um, there's this other one, like in checkout, there's this Easter egg where if you activate the fire alarms, there's, you can do this in multiplayer or private matches or whatever. Uh, there's a fire extinguisher. It doesn't really kill anything, but there's an execution, I guess, for the achievement that you have to get with it. And then there's another thing where there's like top hats in the windows. You have to shoot those. And then there's a crane that like, or a cane that hangs out of the ceiling in one of the bathrooms. You shoot that, and then you go over to where you picked up the fire extinguisher. There will be smoke outside of, like, the window place, and there will be a dancing wretch with a top hat and a cane. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> That's uh, crazy. We're going to have to find those. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of fun things in this game that they've said, so... There's, I'm looking um, forward. Have you guys messed with the mutators in Horde? No, I've been. Got, I've seen one in arcade where I don't remember which one it was though. I turned. I looked at it today <clears throat> I, before we started recording. I had about a half hour, and I'm like, oh, uh, or I had an hour, so I I was just gonna pop in, mess around with the Horde, you know, and. I was looking when I was setting it up. I was like, hey, what's this mutator stuff? And I saw – I don't have them all unlocked. I don't know how you get them all unlocked, but I had two unlocked. Um, and one, basically, there's no ammo drops at all. Uh, yeah, so I, tur- I, I, didn't, I did not turn that one on. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the one I did turn on is um, – I forgot what it's called. Headless Chicken, I think, is what it was called. And if you shoot the locust with a headshot – they will run around oh, yeah. <laughs> without their head, and they'll actually even attack their own team. <laughs> and I and I so I turned it on. I'm like, I'll see. Now I did not see it in action. Of course, I was I, I just didn't get a chance to grab a sniper rifle. But all of a sudden, I, we were in a party because uh, uh, Terminator joined me, and then some of his friends joined him and joined us in the game. And all of a sudden, I and we, I'd forgotten about it. And we're, we're playing. All of a sudden, I see this dude, and he goes, that locust is running around with his head cut off. <laughs> and he starts laughing. He's like, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I turned on a mutator. <laughs> and they were just laughing. They're like, that is so cool. <laughs> so I'm hoping to still awesome. see it. There's one I'm looking forward to unlocking is uh, another fun one is a laugh track, like you're operating in front of a studio audience. I think that's going to be really fun crazy Uh, well lots of cool stuff um all right well i think we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up we've been talking it's very very late for both mud and dark eye defender um in fact it's uh already monday where they're at it's still sunday for me um i i can't thank you guys enough for coming on and sharing all your all your discussion with me and helping me with the show tonight super appreciate it i think this was uh, i had a great time 
I, I, and I'm sure that uh, everybody's going to love hearing this this Gears of War three discussion. So, um, if you, you guys have any last words before we call it, had a great time. Thanks for uh, letting us do this little after show. I think a lot of people will hopefully enjoy it. It may be long, but it's uh, I think it's worth it. So. Uh, me too. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, uh, I appreciate it. I've had a really good time, uh, and I have had a great time with everybody that I've been playing Gears with. Uh, I look forward to having a lot more good times and some of those insane moments um, in the near future. All right. Well, cool. Well, thanks again. Uh, we're not going to do a normal sign-out. We already did it, so uh, uh, hope you enjoyed the after show. If you guys enjoyed this very candid discussion because this is the first time we've really done this and you want this for future games um uh, let us know uh, let us know and uh thanks again we will you know, talk to you guys all next week or on live later bye later